0: To the spooky church podcast today we'll be discussing october county which is the first episode of the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix hi i'm zeph i'm hammer yay <laughs>
1: <laughs> still
0: um so on the second watch i really didn't like a lot of this episode <laughs> Really, I still like this series and I like where it's going but a lot of it made me angry I was just wondering if you had anything like the same experience or you just still love it
1: I I mean I think the first episode is a lot of setup and everything it, it's the first episode of any episode of any episode of any show is really just sort of a hey here's the characters here's our world kind of thing so I don't expect a whole lot from I mean the pilot and honestly I binged this so I'd forgotten a lot of what what happened when in the first episode I was actually like I rewatched it again tonight and I'm like how far are we getting in this I had forgotten where it ended I thought oh are we getting the whole way to the baptism no that doesn't make sense so I mean it didn't induce any rage in me but I'm interesting to hear why it did in you
0: Yeah, um, I will say, so regarding what it covered, it covered a lot more than I remembered too. Like, I didn't, I thought that the part that happens at the end of this episode was the end of the next episode. Yeah. Like, this is going wicked fast. (laughs) I'm frustrated by things, well, partly it has to do with the way they handle the baptism and I realized after that Mine was not handled much better. So I think I'll be interested in talking about your experience with like initiation into a religion when we get to that part. We'll you start okay. at the beginning.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but, so, um,
1: go ahead. so, Is it October County or October Country?
0: Let me look it up. That's a good point. I think I read it as October County, but I might have gotten it wrong.
1: I thought it was October Country because that's a Ray Bradbury Reference
0: it is October Country. I'm a, okay,
1: not exactly that. <laughs> Thank important. You. I just, I'm a nerd, and so you know,
0: October Country. Yep, okay, <laughs> that okay. makes more sense too.
1: Because it but. was one of his, um, it was one of his <laughs> horror works, so
0: yeah.
1: I just like knowing him. I'm full of knowledge. It was a, a book of short stories, I think. Oh, okay, cool, yeah, so. But mostly,
0: let me.
1: Yeah, the book of short stories. I think it was twenty-seven. There's one where a woman was convinced her newborn baby was out to kill her. I'm not sure if that's relevant.
0: Hmm. I don't
1: know. I think maybe it was just a nice little horror reference. But
0: yeah, that makes sense now.
1: Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, let's continue with the actual
0: show. Yeah. So we start. I'm annoyed at this beginning, and I know it's a pilot thing, like you said, like you always have to introduce the characters, and it's always a little goofy that you're being, like, given too much information and it doesn't feel natural. But in this case in particular, The way we get introduced to these kids kind of bugs me, because having seen it all now, they don't even act like this. There's a real attempt to make them feel like these cool, like basically movie Harvard kids in small town high school. And they're too cool, and I don't buy it, and I don't like it, (laughs) and we'll never see them act like this ever again.
1: No, but like you said, that's a pilot problem. But you also get the thing with Sabrina doing the whole Buffy-esque voiceover at the beginning. Where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, one girl in all the world chosen to blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, a little, but it was a Buffy feel for me, so I was okay with it. I miss Buffy. Yeah. But, it's yeah, they're show. definitely not the right a <laughs> good show, in, in spite of Joss Whedon sometimes. Um, yes. But... Yeah, I mean, it's true that they don't act, but again, that's sort of a pilot thing. Although with Netflix doing the whole thing at once, I don't know why they would have the same pilot problems, or maybe they just weren't fully invested in the characters yet, weren't sure how they were going to go with that.
0: Yeah, and I think in part, even on these things with Netflix-type things, where they have the freedom to break away from traditional format, you kind of get stuck in it. Yeah. And I wonder if that's kind of detrimental, too, because... A lot of my friends who tried to watch this show absolutely hated it and gave up after the first episode or two. And I wonder if they had thrown them into it a little more, if things more like what happens in season or in episode three onward were given a little earlier, people would stick with it. But
1: true. But I think also you have to, you do have to introduce a character. Like for me, I mean, okay, so you know Sabrina and some of these characters from Archie. I'd never watched any of them before, so you have to give somebody a basis. It's sort of like the, you gotta appeal to everybody, but also to the fans. And it's a hard, it's a hard line to walk, I think.
0: That's true. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I still think it's overdone, but it's, I get, it's a pilot thing. And everyone, every pilot does this. I've not there okay. aren't many pilots that I've ever really liked. So I'll forgive it. <laughs> yeah,
1: most pilots are, are crash, but I mean, you're not wrong, but you forgive it because of the rest of the season. So Right. Really so, sorry. but...
0: <laughs> the for the reasons I guess since we just I just jumped into saying I hate it and didn't say what yeah. they do they start at this really cute little horror thon where everyone is having appropriate reactions to zombies eating people except Sabrina who's just like grinning gleefully while she chin- um eats her popcorn
1: <laughs> I don't think Sabrina's reaction is inappropriate that is also how I watch zombies <laughs> they're not scary <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've never seen the movie, and I, I feel like maybe they're not scary, but I'm not sure that it's like fun. Well, I guess it is. They're all watching it, <laughs> like, but I, I guess maybe I'll have to watch the movie. But I'm just like, is why is this making you happy? It's fine not to be scared, but this seems an odd reaction. <laughs> but it's a
1: classic. I mean, it's not. It's Night of the Living Dead. It is the classic zombie movie. It is the beginning of all zombie like pop fiction and everything. It you know everything is a callback to this for the most part so I can understand it. it's and it's sort of for modern day it's sort of you know cheesy and not gory and not real bloody because they couldn't show a bunch of that stuff right so I'm with Sabrina yeah, I find that she just enjoys it yeah well it's true I mean she <laughs> does eat people I'm assuming whether <laughs> or not we we'll get to that later
0: we'll <laughs> get to that later even though there's a reference to it in this episode but
1: <laughs> oh, this episode. yeah <laughs>
0: Um, Oh, gosh.
1: (laughs) There's so much cannibalism going on, I don't know.
0: Yes. And it's all weirdly new to Sabrina, even though it's everywhere in her religion and in her family. Like, her aunt who raised her makes a reference to eating people in this. As in, we haven't had people in so long. And why is Sabrina surprised that witches are cannibals? Her aunt is, like loves cannibalism <laughs> I
1: maybe they just didn't tell sabrina what it was like you know how you don't tell a little kid what the meat it like you're like no no it's fine they didn't tell me what escargot was until i'd had some so you know <laughs> don't tell them and then you tell them later when they're old enough to appreciate it
0: when she mentioned,
1: mentions yeah, sabrina
0: okay Yeah, Yeah. I guess when Zelda mentions it, she does call it say we haven't had long pig in a really long time. And I wonder if she just that's what she told Sabrina they were eating and didn't explain what that meant.
1: Yeah, I I mean maybe.
0: Oh. I'm sad for Sabrina. Okay. (laughs) So they watch the movie. They invite their teacher to come discuss well, Sabrina invites their nerdy, shy teacher to come discuss it with them at a coffee shop. That looks like the coolest place to hang out, and I want it and the teacher in this says no because she has to get papers which isn't yeah. quite the same as saying no that's super inappropriate what are you doing but i still appreciate that she says no because i feel like there's too many shows where the cool teacher does want to hang out with the kids and that's not cool don't do that kids don't mm. hang out with your teachers no, <laughs> it doesn't mean good weird. things if an adult has nothing better to do than hang out with you
1: no it's it's weird and <laughs> never goes well never ends well for anyone so don't do it don't <laughs> do the thing yeah but I also like she was uh, so sweet, and uh, I would miss her if we got to know her better. But yeah, you know. And is it the place they're going? Was it called Doctor Cerberus's? Yes, which I find adorable. So whatever,
0: so adorable, and like covered yeah. in classic movie horror movie the sci-fi the things. Town,
1: the town is very. I mean, I know it says like the town was it Greendale, the town that always feels like Halloween. Yeah, but they're really invested in their horror. You know. <laughs> atmosphere in this place. I'm, I'm fine with it.
0: Yes, I would live there for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Although I do have a problem and this is weird and unrelated to the town, but why does everybody shorten Sabrina's name? Why does everybody call her Brina? <laughs> unrelated, but it's annoying. I'm just going to air that grievance and move on. Okay.
0: They go and they discuss it and have their cool like Harvey is just watching a movie and everyone else is talking about how it's metaphors for socialism and the breakdown of the family. And I I don't even know. (laughs) Harvey, Harvey
1: just got into the club because Sabrina's there. He doesn't, he doesn't think about it that much. It's not his thing. He probably has something else that he's into. It's fine. But Susie's enthusiasm for how this was a metaphor for the cold war thrills me. It delights me. I'm not sure I agree with her, but it delights me.
0: It does. They're they're very cute, and I'm glad glad you said Harvey's just along, like kind of along for Serena. Because I got the vibe that they were supposed to be lifelong best friends, but maybe that's just because I'm seeing it from like the view of Archie, where that's kind of the case. But then Harvey bugs me because he doesn't fit at all. He doesn't get in with their like deep discussion of the movies. He's very confused. He's just like, I thought we were watching zombies. I didn't know it was about socialism. (laughs) I I can deal with it if he's not. Like everybody's friend, and he's new to the group. And I like then that everyone just accepts him, even though he has no idea what's going on and no connections here.
1: And Sansa's, you know, he could have been, you know, it's a kid that grew up with them and everything. It's just he's not into that. I have plenty of friends I'm not, they they are not into, they are never going to sit here and analyze comic books or TV or anything like that because it's just a show. So, you know, and he's there because Sabrina's there and he's an idiot. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I love Harvey. <laughs> I have a fun good. theory about Harvey, but I'll wait for it. Okay, all right. <laughs>
1: um. So let's see. And then don't we skip to uh, Mrs. Wardwell when she runs into uh, who we know is going to be Madam Satan uh, driving around? Uh, <laughs> but the uh, I liked the music choice. Yes. You know, the it was a Creedence yes. Clearwater Revival "Bad Moon Rising."
0: I love her jamming along with it in the car. She's so good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Michelle Gomez is amazing and I love her in everything all the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Again, I, I think I mentioned this before, I have a hard time looking at her, and she's a great actress, but I have a hard time looking at her and not seeing Missy a little bit. True. Because it was just such a great part. Yes. But that's a me problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. But she's very sweet. And I like the way this was shot. So she's driving back home to Greater Papers sees a girl in the road and like pulls over to help her and i knew that something bad was going to happen here like i recognize this as being a like reference to Madame satan in the comics but i wasn't sure how it was going to happen because i think this teacher like in the comic the teacher she takes the place of is kind of a non-existent person that she shows up like a substitute or something or like a late semester replacement if i remember right yeah so it already being a teacher, I was kind of wondering if she was already a witch and like if Madam Satan had already been in the school for a while and she was actually the yeah. danger to this teenage girl. And I was just like, it was very suspenseful for me that even if I knew what was happening, I wasn't sure how it was going to look.
1: And like, right. And, that. and I know the first time I saw it, because there's always the the horror ghost stories of like the Phantom Hitchhiker and everything like that. So I wasn't sure if not knowing about the whole Madam, because this was before I'd even read the comic you know, not knowing if it was going to be that the girl was a ghost and then somehow that was just a spooky bit of what happens around Greendale. But, uh, so, not expecting the uh, murder and replacement thing. So, it was a surprise for me, but still. And I think how she calls her, Mrs. Wardwell calls her house a cottage, which makes me always think of, like, witches, because, you know, you have the little cottage in the woods and everything like that. So, fitting, I thought
0: And she, I feel like there's more to Miss Wardwell because, okay, granted, Greendale has its whole witch history thing, and it's kind of part of their tourist deal, like they're kind of a mini Salem. But Mm -hmm. when the girl, she says something about like the the girl says that the woods attacked her, and she's like, ah, yes, Greendale had its own witch hunt, and there are witches in the woods, and blah blah blah. And she's like, how do you know about this? She's like, oh, I'm a historian. I teach history at the local high school. Like that's an explanation,
1: (laughs) right? But the I mean, I guess it's sort of like, you you know, you have the or local urban legends, maybe or something like that. And she's just into it, because she's the sort of spinstery character. So she's the she just knows all these weird kooky things and likes to break it out. And everybody's like, "Huh, that's weird, but we don't talk about that. thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, places I've lived, I did used to like collect ghost stories of the area and I could tell you like, oh, that place is haunted by this ghost, blah blah blah. And that's I guess not a super common thing, but if I lived in a place like Greendale that had a much more interesting ghost story attached, I would have learned it. <laughs> I would talk to everyone about sure. it. I'd be like, let's go to the woods and like try to pick yeah. up some ghosts. <laughs> I would be dead. <laughs> if I lived I in mean, Greendale, I would be it. eaten by witches immediately. <laughs>
1: I'm sure in Greedale, they they raise the kids and like, no, 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 no. You can talk about it, talk about it quiet, but, uh, we don't go into the woods. Don't, don't do the thing. (laughs) Losing kids out there. Stop it. Don't do it. I um, don't Yeah.
2: The whole, the,
1: the whole Madam Satan in the woods thing, like, do you think that she was just saying that the woods attacked her to make an excuse for her injuries or did the woods actually like attack her?
0: Well, I feel like anything she says is super suspect because she's not actually an innocent little girl that got attacked. She's actually Madame Satan. <laughs> but right. I feel like it's so weird for her to be that straightforward anyway and say, like, the woods attacked me unless she's... Tr-
1: but it's, it would be easy enough to say, like, because, okay, so Miss Wardwell was asking how oh, did people attack you? And all she needs to do is sort of keep her off balance until she decides what she's doing. Or, I mean... I- If she hadn't said, hey, I I work at the school, because I kind of get the impression Madame Satan knew what was going on anyway, but, like, to just say, yeah, some people attacked me, and then Ms. Warwell gives up to call the police, and she stabs her. Then, like, the whole, maybe it's just for the spooky factor, I guess, but the whole having to say that the Woods attacked me thing didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Interesting, but not sensical. So. Yeah. But that's just me. And then the question is, but where did she get the injuries? Because she was slightly injured. Or the, at least that body
0: Ooh Oh, theory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so people do, like, Later in the series, people do kind of go missing because of witches, and there are probably dumb kids like me who just wander into the woods. She might have actually just been a teenager who wandered into the woods, like Betty and Veronica did in the comic, and she oh. might have been attacked by the woods, by and actually by, like, Miss Satan, or Madame Satan, just jumping her. But right. So she's telling the truth <laughs> in the place of the teenager that she killed.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. That also sort of ties back to the comic cuz doesn't you steal a girl's face in the comic? I think so. I mean, I know it's a different sort of character, but okay, that makes sense. I buy it. All right. Solved. that's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah. We're just solving all the questions. But um and my other thing was with this was like did you seem to be really mad about the whole Edward thing? Like disproportionate for somebody who at least as far as we know in here is just here to do a job and doesn't actually have an like investment in the whole Edward Diana problem. Yeah.
0: And especially since like, if she's here for Satan and Sabrina is special and chosen, and this was all a thing that was agreed on, like, yeah, she can't be mad about it, you know? Like, this was the plan. Unless she is mad because she's being replaced or, like, because Sabrina's the special one now. Like, hey, why did Edward get this special privilege? I've been working for Satan for, like, ever, like, centuries. I don't like this special girl.
1: (laughs) No, but, and, I mean, I think maybe it falls under the whole, I mean, practically, maybe it falls under the whole thing where the pilot and the rest of the season don't necessarily jive up. Like, they hadn't quite decided what they were doing. But it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. She's that angry about it, but also her whole goal there is to get Sabrina to sign the book so she can go and take over hell. not Sabrina, I right. saying, but.
0: But I think she says that in this episode. Like, she talks about, like, right after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Immediately after, she takes over Miss Wardwell's body. Which, okay, first of all, I love that Miss Wardwell, already apparently not being a witch as far as we know so far, has a name straight Uh out of, like, a witch school book. Like, Miss Wardwell definitely teaches charms at the Mildred Hubble School, whatever, from Worst Witch. (laughs) But anyway, when Madame Satan takes over her body, she like immediately says, Okay, I'll collect Sabrina for her and get her to sign the book for you, or something like that. So she's already here for that. That's established. And the anger is kind of weird, but I will buy that maybe they weren't quite like fully decided on how that was gonna go.
1: It's established that she's there to make sure that Sabrina signs the book, which means that Satan or whoever is aware that there may be some complications down the road with this plan. Yeah. But like the rest of her motivation isn't established because you don't even get what her real name is until like the very end of the season, I think. So yeah, you know, I, I think some of it's just that they didn't know what they were doing okay, yet, fair. Which, like, <laughs> It's a pilot, whatever. It works better than a lot of shows. So
0: true. Yeah, they they definitely, if that's the case, I definitely feel like they still brought it together a lot more neatly than some shows that just completely pretend the parts that don't fit didn't happen. <laughs> and, like, this will never be mentioned, there's no...
1: <laughs> it was all a fever dream, you did not mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, so, we get... Because right when she says the whole thing about, I'll make sure that I bring Sabrina to you or however she phrased that, and that's when we go back to Sabrina waking up from a nightmare, I'm assuming? Yeah seems to jump out of pretty fast.
0: I didn't make notes on the nightmare, but I think you're right.
1: I don't think we saw anything. It was just, we went, it was one of those jump cuts where you go from um, Ms. Wardwell, now Madam Satan, saying, I will bring her to you, Dark Lord, or what, however. And then Sabrina, like, you know, does the whole gasp and sit straight up in bed, which literally no one has done ever <laughs> in their life. And then the. I did it once, but I was there.
0: actually having like a literal, like you know, um, what's it called? Sleep paralysis, where you're like half awake, having oh. a nightmare. I had one of those once, yeah. and when I woke up, I woke up like screaming and crying and yelling at my husband because I'm like, "Did you not hear me? I've been yelling at you for help with the demon in the corner for like an hour." <laughs> and he's just like, "What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? <in the> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, one person has woken up. I mean, I'm sure other people wake up from nightmares like that. I'm sorry.
0: I'm but honest. yeah, from a normal, just like everyday nightmare. Not so much. I'll wake up and think about it. Like, no. oh, okay. Dreams. Dreams are good. <laughs> well, I mean, like,
1: I've, I've woken up from nightmares and been like, okay, where, where is that giant spider? But I've never, like, just jumped out of bed like that.
0: <laughs> but she does. Because I don't
1: have my glasses on. And
0: I think is that where she goes over to the calendar and, like, marks off the days till her birthday slash dark baptism. And I'm just like. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, like later in the morning, because the bat flies through the window, and then she she puts it out of its misery, and um, and then it's the next morning, and I think that's when. So it sort of flows into it, yeah, because she marks it off and she's counting off the days, and her go 16th birthday slash dark baptism on the really old looking calendar thing, and uh, then she goes downstairs, and and Hilda is the very head kind on of the vibe. I love her. I love them all. Yeah, I'm not gonna they're lie. all good in their but, ways. In their own ways. And then we get, what, Sabrina announcing what her uh, dark baptism name is going to be. Yes.
0: So,
1: Sabrina Edwina Diana. That's all. That's a mouthful, but okay. I don't
0: know if we ever hear anybody else's, like, magic witchy names. And I don't know, I guess if it's just for ritual use, we also don't see a whole lot of rituals. But I'm just, like, wondering when those come into play.
1: Right, and it could just be. So, like, um, in Catholicism specifically... So you get to choose a patron saint's name when you're confirmed and but and you don't you use it on like official documents and stuff like that, and it's really more of a like giving you a connection to that particular saint, but you don't go around calling yourself that. The priests don't call you that or anything. So I'm wondering if it's more like that like it's a name that you choose. But I don't know. Like she's picking versions of her parents' names, so I don't know. I don't think it's like a one-to-one exchange here. Uh, the same sort of idea, but it seems similar. Yeah.
0: Whereas, like I've known like people who take craft names and like really when they become inter- into like a pagan tradition, but then they do get used. Like yeah. I guess there's no blogging in this. I guess where I've mostly seen those used is people tend to use them maybe on their blogs then, or you know, just like informally when they're just like on forums talking about witchy stuff which doesn't really happen here. So I don't have, there's not really a parallel and I could see it being more like what you were talking about. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that.
1: You also don't get to see a lot of rituals. So it could be that it's like your formal, you know, which like I said, cause it is used on documents in the church in some okay. instances. So it could be a part of that too, or it could be like, a, cause I tend to think, I don't know that many people who choose to, you know, practice paganism, but it could be like also that you're um, like, it, changing your identity to a way like this is the name you were given by your parents but you don't get a vote on that it may not be how you feel but you choose a pagan name to practice or not a pagan name but a name that you use when you're practicing witchcraft or whatever and that's more of a identity for you I yeah don't know, that makes
0: maybe. sense
1: <laughs> Guessing. i'm just talking Zelda's disappointment that she won't pick one of the purebred uh oh un- my
0: gosh <laughs> I hate the familiar thing so much. I hate everything about it. It makes me so upset. <laughs> okay. But Zelda okay. brings out a car. Uh, a, not even a catalog with actual pictures of the actual animals that the goblins are taking the image of. Which at least would let you no. see what the thing you're getting looks like. It is a hand-drawn catalog of just basically kindergartners. This is a hedgehog. She's like, oh, a very handsome hedgehog here. How can you tell Hilda Zelda? It's Zelda. <laughs> there is nothing. There is no. You yeah. cannot connect this to any animal. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know what you're getting. Go meet the animal. Hold it for a while. You don't bring a pet into your life without meeting it. Don't bring a familiar that's going to share in your magical work and be like a lifelong contract. This is a terrible idea. Everything about it is terrible. <laughs> but That's also really she, Zelda in the comic they get When they get Z- Sabrina her familiar Sabrina thinks it's a dog uh-huh. And Hilda makes a comment like Oh no, it should have been a dog And Zelda's like, don't be ridiculous A dog's a terrible pet for a witch It's ridiculous <laughs> Zelda in the yeah. show has a dog familiar And he does nothing He just sits there <laughs> looking so lazy I don't
1: I don't even think in the first. I don't think that was a real dog in that shot. It looked really fake. I stared at it for a while, and I'm like, "Is that just like a statue of a dog?" I yeah, I don't know. It was not a good. It's not good. Whatever it was. But yeah, I do remember that. Now that you say that, that is pretty funny.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so Sabrina doesn't want to get her familiar out of a hand-drawn catalog. <laughs> But what she wants to do instead is just go into the woods and make an open call for anyone who wants to come in and do magic with her. Which is not a good idea either. Like, are there any safeguards? I feel Mm -hmm. like just in general, both from a magical sense, I've heard lots of horror stories about people who didn't put up the proper guards when they did like some sort of ritual and called something evil into their lives. Mm -hmm. And in a practical, like, if you don't believe in magic, don't believe in demons, whatever... You don't just go up to a random stranger and be like, Yo park full of people, I'm looking for someone to, like, share all of my things with, and, like, we'll build something cool together, who's in? You know? this There need to be safeguards, you need to drop a contract that specifies this, and, like, get to know each other first. They don't do any of this, and Hilda's just like, oh, what a cute idea! I think you definitely should go into the woods and make friends with a stranger. And I don't like it. (laughs) Like, none of these are a good plan. The only right way to choose a familiar should be through, like, a Year or so long practice session, and then you can decide. Especially since we learn a little later that this is a very, very big deal for the familiar. And on all sides, be more careful. Be more careful making contracts. Be more careful doing magic. Generally, don't just sign long, lifelong magic sharing contracts or any sort of resource sharing contracts with people you don't know. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs>
1: And this this has been magical law practice. What's that? <laughs> no, that makes sense. But um, I don't know. Like I, the first time I watched this, I was like, okay, Salem, cute, da da da. Now I have questions about Salem. Like I'm not, I don't trust Salem fully now. Very cute, very like I love the cat form and everything. But you like you just this, you put out a call to anybody who wants to answer, and some random goblin is just like, yeah, sure, I'll come, I'll help. And he seems to be pretty, like, tough. Like, a, a. so I have questions about Salem, but I might just be a conspiracy nut. So I'll leave that on the table. I, yeah, I don't know about the whole familiar thing. It's, like, I, I now I have more questions about the familiar thing. I didn't think about it. Now. It was not, it was not well done. No. And he just, like, broke into her <laughs> room at night. We're like, hey, I'm here. he got the call. Here I am, random yeah, definitely... magical creature. This will be <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, um, so, but before Salem actually shows up, we have Sabrina do this thing, and then we have the weird sister showing up.
0: Yay!
1: <laughs> and, and it was, like, the woods are always, like, just slightly out of focus, like yes. the whole time. And other places go out of focus too. Like sometimes when she's going to the house or like at right after this, when she's running to the school, but the woods are always just like slightly out of focus and weird, dreamy sort of state, which makes everything seem a little more frightening and also unreal. Cause you can't quite see what's going on like off to the side. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah. it is very, very good.
1: But I also, I could never remember what the third weird sister's name was. And her name is Dorcas. Yes. I just feel very <laughs> similar for her. she doesn't talk a lot and her name is Dorcas (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah. I hope she gets more interesting things to do later on because she did not get out of the first season very well
1: (laughs) no she did not it was it was a rough season for her you know somebody's got to be the bottom of that totem pole (laughs) but um, so So sorry go
0: No, you go ahead, because I'll just squeeze through it, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to go, so they, you know, they're they're doing the whole, like, you're a half-breed, blah, 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 don't come to our school, don't come to our neighborhood, we'll beat you up, whatever. And they're the ones that imply that Sabrina's parents' deaths weren't an accident. Yes. So, but is that just schoolyard taunting? Because what do they know? They're just a bunch of teenagers. Or have they heard the things? They live I the don't school. think
0: they know, but I think they're right.
1: <laughs> oh, I think they're right. I'm just curious as to, is it just a lucky guess? Or because they live at the school, have they overheard stuff that they maybe should not have been overhearing?
0: That's possible. You
1: know I mean? but, um, and then they put a curse on her. So that was very nice.
0: Alter, also a question. Do you think that they actually like don't want her to go to the school And why not? Or do you think that maybe, like, it is just kind of taunting? Like, there is a tradition of hazing at this school. And I almost feel like it's kind of an initiation that if she can get through, like, if she can get over this curse they put on her and, like, fight club style stand up to the hazing for a certain amount of time, she's in.
1: Maybe that's a part of it, but I got the more impression that it's more of a. I mean, in this universe, almost more of a racist thing where she didn't grow up there. She, doesn't, she didn't go there. She's not purebred. She's not one of them. She's a weird outsider. She wasn't raised like the other witch children, even the ones that are you know, coming from normal what witch families. And she's raised with these mortals and just like, I can see it being like, you don't belong here. And not wanting her to go there, not because they know anything about her. It's just like, not one of us. We can't have you tainting the school. And for the the weird sisters, since we know that they're orphans and they live there, basically, is like, that is their whole, that's their kingdom. That's their world. And they get to make the rules to a large degree, we find out. So, but I could see it also being like, and I mean, we find out later that she does start to earn something like respect from them because you know she's embracing the witch part of things but i think they see her as too human to be dealt with
0: it's possible they also they tell her to stay with her own kind which isn't a thing that exists like as far as we know she is the only one of her kind because no one they're not supposed to mix So like if she stays with humans that's not really her own kind either but I guess there might be a little bit, like, if they don't like humans, then a little bit is too much. And then I guess that does go to the racism right. parallel. But right. I really hate that. So I guess I don't want to see it, but I think you're probably right. Because I just hate this trend where we can't talk about racism the way it really is. Every time you see racism in some sort of supernatural thing like this, yeah. there's a person of color who's part of the like magical or superhero or whatever group who is racist against the white person that's in the non-magical part. And... Right. It's very frustrating <laughs> to me <laughs> because it's like, we can't talk about real world racism. Like white people will only care if we're the victims. And I just, I really hate this narrative and I want it to stop, And I want white people to stop feeling like the victims and everything. You're but not, it is a thing that happens and you're probably right.
1: <laughs> you're not wrong. But the problem is that there is a good portion of the population that will not see racism unless it affects them. Cause they're like, I'm not racist. What are you talking about? I have plenty of friends who are X. You know not realizing that they are but you know what I mean like it's they don't see it because it doesn't affect them, and that's terrible and they're you know not terrible people, but kind
0: of terrible people <laughs> right. right they are acting like terrible people, and if they want to be better people, maybe they should stop
1: <laughs> you can't they and they're never going to recognize it, and that's just it's a it's a big problem, I agree with you, but I also. See why they're doing it. They're trying to be like, "Hey, look, this is what racism looks like." But it's not really helping because now you're saying, "Well, look, people can be racist against these white people, right?" So that, okay, whatever. I can't make you stop. Yeah. So no, it, it is a problem. A, you are. But you are
0: that is probably what head. they were going for.
1: Yeah. But also,
0: will not learn. When they leave, she calls them sucky bitches under her breath, oh and it's my favorite word. <laughs> It is adorable.
1: I love it. So she runs to the school still with that hazy background kind of thing and tries to like, like if I'm cursed, wash it away kind of thing. Like not swearing that she's cursed. She's not being, I don't know why she says if I'm cursed, but sort of just trying to scrub it off the curse in the shower. But she tells Roz that she stepped in uh, poison ivy, which I find funny because even if you stepped in poison ivy and I don't have poison ivy down here, so maybe I'm just ignorant to this. But like it would be on your clothes, so you <laughs> rubbing off in the shower is not going to get rid of it off of your clothes. <laughs> Which I think maybe why Roz just sort of looks at her like, "Okay,
0: crazy lady." Yeah. Well, it's also just really weird. She's like, I, I think it's because she brushes it off as soon as she sees her, and it works. Like it's not a weird thing for someone to do, really, but it's just so abrupt, and I don't mm. I don't know. She's awkward. Maybe.
1: I think Bronze just knows that there's something weird about Sabrina and just like, Whatever, I still like her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And her like washing it off felt weird and I wonder like well, okay. We kinda deal with later that this didn't work, but I was wondering yeah. if this is an actual thing she learned or if this is sort of like a nursery rhyme they teach kid which is when so that if they think they're cursed because of they fell or something. It's like, Oh here, just take a shower and say this cute little rhyme and you're fine And so she's got this like whole anxious like OCD sounding so reminds I guess because it reminds me of like things I used to actually do when I was struggling with that. and yeah. not anything that's actually effective, but just like furiously chanting and scrubbing. And I'm just like, oh, it's okay, baby. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> I was,
1: see, and then I was, she has I... bigger
0: problems because Susie's crying, and Susie could never be crying.
1: <laughs> Listen, Susie does not deserve the things that happen to her. No. She no. is a precious precious child and i love her and we should just go find these football players and give them swirlies i don't yes. know that's not actually yes. helpful it's also bullying but my god <laughs> i hate them yes anyway but i spent i to tell you an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out what is written on the inside of Susie's locker because i am that kind of nerd and i'm like it has to mean something but I can't make a word out of it, so oh. this is pointless. <laughs> it, it's like I think it's an S H E and then an R, and that's not a word.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I didn't even see anything written in her locker. I was paying zero attention, apparently. But I yeah, I don't know what word that would be.
1: <laughs> First time n- didn't notice it. Second time I'm like, huh, there's something in there. And I thought, okay, maybe it was like some sort of slur or something that was written in there, and. I I thought I saw several different words before I got real close to my TV. and am like, no, that's an S, an H, and an E, and an R. So I think maybe somebody just wrote She-Ra on the inside of her locker. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because Shira is an icon that I love. Yes.
0: Her. I'm good with I that. I love many.
1: <laughs> anyway, I'm cool with it. That's what's in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina is a very good friend, by so- the way
0: the terrible, terrible football players pulled up her shirt to see if she was a girl or a boy, and Sabrina goes to tell the principal, and he doesn't care. He's just like, well, who are they? Well, if you can't tell me, then we just can't do anything about it, and if she doesn't feel safe, she should go to the other school that's in our middle-of-nowhere town.
1: just not be here. She's not our kind.
0: Yes. Which does sound a lot like, I guess, what the Weird Sisters are saying and sets up this, like, us-versus-them thing and people being misfits. So I'm willing to believe that maybe there's at least some level of not, like, seriously not wanting her there because she's too human.
1: Well, and now, okay, so now that I'm thinking more about this, it's not that Susie and Sabrina are, like, equal in all ways or anything like that. But especially with what we talked about on the first, the winter... Solstice episode about the idea being that Susie is going to be a non binary character, especially because the actor is non binary. And it's like, not that this is accurate, but sort of exists in two worlds almost.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, again, really gross oversimplification of it, but it's just like not, Sabrina's not fully human, not fully witch not, I don't know, maybe this is just not a good train of thought. To no,
0: have. I love it.
1: <laughs> but, like, just sort of, like, we're watching some of Sabrina's problems also happen to Susie, because seemingly Susie does not belong here, even though that is not true, you know?
0: Yeah. So. The, like, the being forced to decide when you're in this, like, non-binary place where you have ties to, like, lots of, like, different things is so, like, a right. very relatable thing that I didn't really connect. But you are very yeah, yeah that is true. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I love Susie so much more.
1: <laughs> there is nothing I
0: love about Susie so yes. far.
1: Like through the whole season. There's no part of Susie that is not awesome. So
0: she's perfect we'll and <laughs> boys that make her cry should like not bad things should happen to them only. And I yeah, we can wait for that. But,
1: <laughs> yeah. it's, but so and the, um, the, the principal, I recognize him from, I don't know if you ever saw, it was a really old show called Perfect Strangers.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's bulky. He's the, the foreign cousin or whatever he was. Yeah. And so when I see him, that's all I can think about is, oh, bulky's a dick now, So, you know.
0: <laughs> it's been a long time since I watched that. I didn't recognize him at all, but I had heard that. And like, I kind of have it in mind now when I rewatched it, but I still don't see it. I'm just like, okay, I'll take your word for it.
1: <laughs> this is the kind of information that my brain retains is that he is bulky. <laughs> um. But also, I found it sort of amusing, again, this is my nerd love, is that uh, his last name is Hawthorne, and Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote The House of the Seven Gables, which was, so, I mean, it's about more things than that, but but anyway, this guy was falsely accused, supposedly, of being a warlock and was executed so some dude could steal his house. Huh. So, I just like the witchcraft tie in there. And also, one of Hawthorne's ancestors was actually a judge at the Salem Witch Trials. Wow. Yeah. You're welcome. That is now a thing that you know.
0: You're so good with these references. I love it. I miss all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, I, I, had, I literally had to Google the other day what the cloth that you put on a table was called. <laughs> but this is what I remember. So <laughs> the trade-off is possibly not
0: good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was It was real
1: bad. And I'm blaming myself by telling everyone that it comes up in conversation. Yep. <laughs> okay. Miss Wardwell is causing trouble, but in a good way this time, I guess. Yes. And she does walk up. And here's the thing. Does no one, like, question why her personality is so sharply changed all of a
0: sudden? They don't. Ever, like, there she sees them in the hallway. There's a moment of surprise, but nobody is at all, nobody reacts to it. And it's kind of, uh, you know, how, like, in any sort of makeover, the nerd girl to be hot, everyone's like, Whoa, it's almost like what I would think would really happen because, you know, (laughs) where someone actually just takes off their glasses and styles their hair differently and is like, Oh, you're a person, (laughs) and the just complete rejection if she was trying to have an actual, like, I'm cool now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i can hang with the cool kids fellow use yes
0: but yeah there, there's a moment of surprise but they don't dig into it too much and i think that's partly because again like they invited her sabrina invited her against her friend's wishes to come hang out and discuss movies with them but they're not friends yeah. they don't have a creepy relationship with like they're you know that's different from teacher student and i think generally being like that that's an appropriate level of surprise at your teacher's life you don't really need to dig into why she suddenly got hot
1: right <laughs> just nod your head and go huh that's weird okay <laughs> but
0: so yeah now miss wardwell is sort of helpful in a way she has oh my god okay so we see miss wardwell's office which i assume is decorated the way that previous Miss Wormwall and her actual body decorated it. And she's got these like handmade paper Halloween decorations and an indoor jack-o'-lantern, I think. And then she's got a windowsill full of cute porcelain dolls. And I just, I love it all so much. (laughs) She's such a fascinating character that did not get enough time in the show.
1: (laughs) The indoor jack-o'-lantern was great. It was like a cat face on it. And... The indoor por the the indoor porcelain dolls. The porcelain dolls are the creepiest thing yes. in that room.
0: <laughs> like maybe so. she is a witch, and those were her possessed dolls. Like that's where when she traps demons, that's where they go. <laughs>
1: what? Just bunch of demons sitting in there, like shaking their little porcelain cages, <laughs> going "Let us out." <sighs>
0: oh. <laughs> I've got so many porcelain dolls because I had a grandma who collected them, and that's what we got for every single gift giving day. And I used Um, to, we had to have them on display because they were gifts and they're very expensive and fancy. And I was terrified of them. Like they were very pretty and I loved them. But in like in the middle of the night, I would swear that they were watching me and that I would see one move. So now they're all in a box. (laughs) That's where porcelain dolls belong.
1: It's all dolls. All dolls are terrible. I am still currently afraid of Raggedy Ann. Um, And I am an adult human being. (laughs) Um, but so Annabelle, you know, there's this horror movie, Annabelle, the real supposed, you know, real Annabelle is a, is a Raggedy Ann doll. And I somehow learned that information at way too young of an age. And I had a life size to me version of Raggedy Ann that my grandmother also had made for me. And so I could not just burn it. Um, so I spent many years of my childhood locking it in a toy chest at night so that it could not come and get me. Wow. And uh, my, my grandmother has passed, and that doll went away. I, I got rid of that <laughs> because, <laughs> no. <laughs> but still, I see raggedy ends, and I'm like, mm, no, I'm shifty. <laughs> Don't trust it. Looks soft, but probably dangerous. So, yeah. No nope, dolls are not good. But... Okay, the other thing in there is that uh, she calls the bird Stolas. Yes. And I look these things up because, anyway, Stolas is the name of a demon. Oh. Not really. Uh, who is some sort of, like, grand duke of hell or something, but he apparently teaches people astronomy, poisonous plants, herbs, and precious stones. So he's useful to have around. Yes! I guess, if you're going to be someone named Madame Satan.
0: (laughs) It also seems like he's quite a bit more powerful than the goblin familiars that most people have, which later in the series... like Well, we discussed it a little in the last episode, so if you didn't watch that and you haven't caught up yet, like cover your ears for the next 20 seconds or whatever. But (laughs) she... Kills the crow form of Stolas, but then keeps him around and keeps talking to him. And I had a theory that he's not yeah. actually dead, and if he's actually a demon and not a goblin, that makes some sense. Like,
1: <laughs> right? It's like she just smashed him a little bit and froze him, and uh, he's in timeout. Yes. Let's call it. He'll be back he's in demon timeout, like the porcelain dolls. The demons that the other woman has trapped in the porcelain <laughs> dolls. It all yes. ties together.
0: See, we can make so okay. she lets on, like not even casually dropped in a way that makes sense. This is how little Sabrina pays attention to her surroundings and to what her teachers are like when she's just like, Oh, if only there was some way you could like get revenge and show him the error of his ways. And Sabrina's like, how does that help? <laughs> she's just like, Oh, uh, well, because it's, it, it's good. By the way, he's scared of spiders, you know, that, that has relevance. <laughs> That
1: out there, in case that's a thing that's useful for <laughs> you to know. know yeah I do like them working that little I mean they had to change it obviously but that little bit from the comics of that little girl picking on Sabrina mm-hmm. who was terrified of spiders and now we've got uh, Balky what's his end face Hawthorne yes. being terrified of spiders I felt like that was a little callback
0: which is more terrifying one giant spider trying to eat you or billions of tiny spiders crawling all over you <laughs> I feel like the tiny spiders are worse.
1: It doesn't matter. Either of those scenarios, I would scream, pass out, and then die.
0: (laughs) Like, I'm not even afraid of spiders. And I feel like a giant one, if you escape it, would be fine to me. It would just be like a cool story. Like, hey, this one time I got attacked by a literal giant monster spider and I'm still here versus this one time 80 million spiders crawled all over me, and I'm fine. I didn't even get any bites, but oh my gosh. I can still feel them.
1: (laughs) How do you get away from the giant spider? Like, all I think about with giant spiders is uh, the one from Lord of the Rings. Shalob, you don't escape that without Samwise, and we do not have a Samwise. Okay? (laughs) We are at a detriment here. Nah, spiders spiders and I have to have an agreement. They're okay as long as I don't see them. (laughs) Okay. I, where I There's spiders where I live, it's just a fact of life As long as I don't see them, we're cool They form, they, they, they're they important I just can't that's look right. at them
0: So then Sabrina and her friends are talking about Making a club, well Sabrina has this idea To make a club, and Harvey's just nodding around Like, yeah, that's a great idea, great idea And Roz is like, you mean a club to topple the white patriarch?" And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's such an angel me, sorry, it just but... takes it completely by surprise like this idea has never occurred to him but i give him credit because immediately after that she just like she gives him a side eye and then he doesn't say anything he just goes back to quietly eating his lunch like okay i realize that i am not the problem that i am the problem here and i'm going to keep my mouth shut <laughs> and they talk and he just nods along again like, yes that is the proper response you can be offended on your own privately but listen <laughs>
1: But see, this makes me think that Harvey has been at the point of one of Roz's lectures before, and he knows he knows that she is right, and that he cannot win because he is wrong, and so he has just learned to accept it, and and move on, and learn from being around <laughs> right. Roz
0: <Yeah>. and Sabrina. <laughs> I, I love Harvey. I do <laughs>
1: because I'm not. I'm ambivalent to, to Harvey. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> one, I hate his name. Um, the Kinkle thing is just. It's bad. It's bad, but he can't help it. He was born into it, and um, he develops a personality later on. So I'll give him that. But he doesn't have much to go it's- with at the beginning. I think. But that's my own personal feelings about it. <laughs> is that I don't care for it. <laughs> so. Uh, is that when we go back to the stabbing victim? Basically, that they got at the. There's a
0: quick version the, where Madame Satan is talking to herself again, and because I don't remember what she's saying, I just made. The yeah, point. it's really helpful how she says her plans aloud to herself all the time because she doesn't have any other friends, and otherwise we wouldn't know what she's doing. <laughs> but it's fine because she talks to herself, so we just have to watch her talk to herself a lot, and then we know everything that's going on.
1: <laughs> Maybe Stolas also works as a like. What do they call those old things? Like a dictaphone. Where she talks and he records her information. She can play yes, it back later and it.
0: rethink her plan. Because
1: <laughs> no, he's we- not, you know, helping out. Anyway, but yeah, it is really helpful how villains monologue out loud to themselves.
0: But then Hilda, oh my gosh. So they the, the sisters run, Adam and Ambrose run a mortuary, the only mortuary in Greendale, apparently. And Hilda picks up the phone and she's like, "Spelman Mortuary? And she's just so happy! And then she's like, oh dear, and she like, becomes instantly sad. What? Who? Does anyone call the mortuary for happy reasons, Hilda? Why are you so happy when you answer the phone? <laughs> I I don't know I I love it's her and I feel sad funny. for her That she becomes so sad and she's so Empathic about it, empathetic But the it seems weird to me That she's still so happy yeah. Like somehow after however many years they've done this She hasn't learned that what they do is a very sad business
1: Well, I mean, everybody dies You don't have to be all weepy About it, I guess
0: But she is
1: but, <laughs> I know, she's not good at following through With the plan to be upbeat, okay? <laughs> okay she tries. She means well. But yes, she is. she's very upbeat for somebody answering the phone at a mortuary. That's true. Yeah.
0: I like that the idea you just had that it's a plan to be upbeat because, okay, so I just I read the first, while I was watching this the first time, I was also reading a book called Smoke Gets In Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Mortuary mm. by Caitlin Doughty. I have read that. She's so good. I love her. She talks a lot about, like, wanting to reform the funeral industry and make it something that's more pleasant and, you know, everyone does die so can we have a better relationship with it and say goodbye in ways that are meaningful to us and not so depressing. And I like that. I would like to think that Zelda and Hilda have a plan to be a much more positive funeral industry (laughs) and to give people a good experience and Hilda just starts weeping every time somebody calls and says someone's died because she's immortal and she still doesn't understand death.
1: She has now, I, I, she is 100% red. Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, and she's trying to help reform the industry. She's trying to put these lessons into place. <laughs> yeah.
0: Good book. Cool. Everyone should read it.
1: Well, I've read that one. It's very good. I have the, uh, the other one that she wrote, From Here to Eternity, I think.
0: Yeah, that's on my list for next year.
1: Yeah, that is in my very large to be read pile for this year.
0: More of a shelf than a
1: pile, <laughs> but whatever.
0: That's good. Mine are just piles. I have so many piles all over the place. Technically
1: it is a pile upon a shelf. But that's the details, not important. Okay. Anyway. So she's very sad about the stabbing victim. What's his name? Kemper? Kemper? Kemper, yes, which is also again not important detail. The last name of a serial killer. Moving. Yes, Ed Kemper is a he was a serial killer. He's not good. He's not a good person.
0: If I look up who he was, will I be terrified to ever go outside again?
1: (laughs) It's best if you don't. Okay. (laughs) If you don't like scary things and uh, real life terrifying people, don't look that (laughs) way. Yep.
0: (laughs) So she goes and tells Zelda, like, someone has died! And Zelda's just like laughs and is very, very happy because this is perfect. Because they need blood for <laughs> Sabrina's ritual. And it would be better if they could also eat him. But the blood is good.
1: <laughs> I mean, they'll, they'll make do. Zelda's just really thrilled when things work out. <laughs> yes.
0: She's horrible Zelda, but I, love I, think, her.
1: <laughs> I think she has fewer illusions. About, like, this is what she does, this is what she enjoys, and she's just gonna do those things.
2: Yeah.
1: She doesn't feel bad about it. And I appreciate that about Zelda. I love both of the ants. I'm not, you know, I don't have a favorite. I love them both. They're just very different people, and I don't know how they both came out of the same family.
0: Yes. I love them both, but I do have a favorite for sure. (laughs) It's not Zelda.
1: And that's fine. I will I will fight people if they say that Zelda is a bad mother. She's maybe not the greatest of people, but she's a good mother, and I like her. <laughs> and I appreciate her blunt honesty about what's going on, except for all the things that she's lying about, which we'll get to later. But... <laughs>
0: And So then they go, to when they're making the plans and the fa- the parents actually come, because it's a, like, not a kid. I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but I'm going to assume he's an adult hopefully because of things that happen later. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they're meeting with both Hilda and Zelda and I was thinking at first that like Zelda's kind of cold about this I'm not sure she should be meeting with the family that would be probably kind of offensive and make them not want to be there but on the other hand they yeah. would cry and Hilda would feel so bad for them she would just give them all the services for free which again from reading that book very useful everyone should read it I know that is a thing yeah. that actually happens people will try to just like not pay their bills to the funeral homes and like cry and say like how dare you do this to me I just lost someone and you can't run a business that way. So Zelda needs to be there. <laughs>
1: no, but it, it, it's also people think, you know, I have just suffered one of the worst days of my life. You should have enough sympathy for me to just, like, take care of me. me. But that's not how it works. And that's obviously, these are businesses. Like you said, you can't run a business that way. You will go broke <laughs>
0: And i feel bad about that like i work in a pharmacy so i guess i get a like a much less dramatic but i get that like a smaller version of that on a pretty daily basis where someone can't afford medication that they need and i hate it and like if i was in charge this would be free and i would give it to you now but i will lose my job and then i will lose my house and i can't i'm sorry (laughs) it's a frustrating thing that we are stuck in this system
1: right and that's but that's a that's a flawed system that's not something that you personally can be like right. yeah sure
0: it's hard it can be I mean, hard necessary. to draw that line like cuz they'll like people will be understandably upset that they can't get their medication and you're the like when you work in any sort of retail setting like that you are the human face of their problem and of the system working against them and in that moment even if they know it's not you they hate you and it makes you feel terrible and it is very hard to separate from that especially if you're a very emotional empathetic person like me and hilda and i need zeldas to be like nope sorry (laughs) you can't we cannot do this for you
1: they, that's I, I've never had to work in a, a retail setting or stuff like that. So, but I am um, surprisingly, to some people, very like empathetic with people. So I don't know that that would be a great thing for me to do because I would, yeah, I would feel real bad about that. But like you said, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just that is unfortunately the way it is. Yes. But now. Yes. Yeah. As long as they don't start crying, if they start crying, we're gonna have a problem. I'm a sympathy crier, so I would just like scuttle <laughs> away because <laughs> I also don't show emotion in public. It's a problem. <laughs> anyway, enough about me and my weirdness. Um see, but I think that the two sisters, I think Zelda would probably be pretty good about like, if not faking compassion, just being like cool and controlled without seeming super cold about it. I mean, they've been doing this for a long time. I think she's a fairly effective liar, if nothing else. Fair. <laughs> and and they get so much sympathy from Hilda that maybe they overlook some of the things where Zelda's just like so, uh, so what did he weigh? How much, uh, how toned is that muscle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Just let it let it slide. know. <laughs> anyway. okay.
0: The important thing out of that meeting is we find out he's adopted which is important later. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll just yeah. table it for now. Very,
1: yeah. <laughs> Dangling thread for the
0: And then Sabrina takes Harvey for a walk in the woods. Well, no, they're just walking at first. And he's trying to convince her to not do this super special thing on her birthday and instead hang out with her friends because it's Halloween also. And... Yeah. She's like, it's not really even about my birthday, it's about what comes after. He's like, that sounds ominous. Um, I can't say that word ominous. <laughs> and yes, yes it does. Yeah. <laughs> that was not the best way to put that. She could just say it's really important to my family, but she makes it sound terrifying.
1: Because Sabrina is a really bad liar. Yeah. She's a bad liar because she stumbles through this whole, you know, oh, okay, I can't hang out with you on my birthday because it's about what comes after and becoming an adult, or however she phrases it, and then she's trying to tell him this line about the, you know, super fancy boarding school that she's going to be going to all of a sudden, and she's
0: not good at it. Not good at all. She definitely did not
1: practice that at and all. And
0: Ambrose has been telling her to do it, so, like, again, like you said last time, people, Ambrose gives great life advice, and no one listens, least of all Sabrina. So she was supposed to have told him that she was going away to a fancy school like, months ago, and instead, it's like the, she's telling him days before, and not even because she wants to, just because he knows that something's up.
1: Right. Because again, she's terrible at lying. So really the problem goes back to Sabrina and her everything. Yes. But my realization actually came later, but I think that Ambrose is like 90 years old at right. least. Right. Okay. That's part of why he gives such good life advice. He has seen some stuff yep. aside from the whole, you know, reason that he's banished and trying to blow up the Vatican. He has seen some stuff. Like, nobody listens to Ambrose, and it's a tragedy.
0: Ambrose, like, kind of like how I talked about my problems with the, like, Salem, when he is actually an old man. Yeah. Ambrose is in this weird place because he's an old man who has been in this house for 75 years, who so is at least 75. Really, well, really, he's, like, 20-something looking, so he's at least 95. But... He right. looks like a gorgeous 20-something and he likes he um mm-hmm. hangs out with Sabrina and is kind of her best friend and it's yeah. weird because you want to treat him like a teenager but also he's very old <laughs> too old to be dating people Sabrina's age for sure which is a problem we'll discuss in a later episode
1: <laughs> but. but but he looks very good doing it and, um, but so, okay, bring other stuff. So like in, uh, go back to this, Dressed in Files, the wizards age very slowly. So once the witches sign their name in the uh, the black book, they, I don't know if they're actually like immortal, immortal, or they just can live. I can't remember if they just say they live for a very long time, like hundreds of years kind of long. So in theory, wizards develop more slowly because they age so slowly. Because they can live for so long. So maybe the same is similarly true for the witches in Sabrina. Like, because their lives are so long, they don't develop at the same rate as humans. Mentally, et cetera, That's et cetera. True. And like- Which makes it slightly less creepy. And also explains why Ambrose thought it was a good idea to try to blow up the Vatican. He wasn't thinking straight, because he was a Fair. teenager.
0: And also, I guess, like... I don't know because I feel like things like having a witch high school kind of goes against that, maybe. But we don't know how old Zelda and Hilda are. They look definitely much older than Ambrose no. does. And I suppose if they're not just, yeah. you know, normal human ages older, but are like centuries right. older than Ambrose, then. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense, I guess. (laughs) Maybe, like, like, yes, they've lived a very long time, but they don't maybe pack as much life into those years because they're not really in the world, they can't talk to mortals, and they're just doing their own thing. They're very insulated, and so maybe he doesn't quite have the life experience and is is more like... Closer in witch age, like to Sabrina and Prudence and all of that, than he is to the ants.
1: Yes. But also, it's not a witch high school. It's like a boarding school. They have like little, little younger witches all the way up. Because some of the uh, later on, some of those little kids that died were younger. They were not teenagers during the (laughs) harrowings. So. It's not like, oh you've hit high school age, here you go. This is this is where you learn the magic and the, you know, the church of night faith and everything like that. It's I don't know that it disproves my point they mentally age slower. Not saying I'm right. I'm just no, saying it yeah, that makes I'm sense. normal. <laughs> uh... Anyway. So, she tries to tell Harvey and we get that it's her it's Halloween, it's her 16th birthday, the full blood moon eclipse are all happening on the same night. So that's definitely not a great confluence of events or anything like that.
0: <laughs> definitely not. Just a perfectly normal coincidence.
1: No, it, It's fine. It's fine. And isn't um, isn't Halloween on one of the old
0: festival uh, days? Like one of the pagan holidays? Halloween. Yeah. like Neo-pagans, neo pagans so, call it sewing. Um
1: Yeah. So, yeah, you know. It's a whole thing. Or
0: if you're watching like Supernatural or any uh, kind of like co- popular TV show that tries to talk about pagans, they call it Samhain. <laughs> but actual right. witches will groan and to like talk your ear off about why that's not right. <laughs> Everything is yep.
1: pronounced the way it's spelled for <laughs> forever. I don't know where you got the impression <laughs> that it could have a different pronunciation. Uh, okay, so again, I do Supernatural am- use you know, like there was some Oh yeah. Anyway, Two notes sorry. about
0: this. <laughs> so first of all, my theory about Harvey. I know it's not true, but it's the only thing that makes sense to me, and I'm okay. sticking with it. Sorry. This and Riverdale, like some people have said that they take place in the same universe. I think it's pretty clear they don't, but I think they're connected universes, and like there is a Greendale and a Riverdale in both universes. And I think maybe there's also some dimension hopping. And that Harvey doesn't belong here. <laughs> I think that this world Tarby came from, like, wholesome comic book Archie world, and that's why he never has any idea what's going on, and is just, like, completely confused by anything deeper, completely trusting of Sabrina, even when he notices things are weird. He came from a world where nothing like this would ever happen. Everyone's happy and drinks milkshakes all day, and this is all just way, way more than he can handle. So... I enjoy okay. watching what this universe does to our sweet Archie Comics wholesome boy. And also I wonder what like havoc this universe's Harvey is wreaking on innocent wholesome comics world. And I want that fanfic. <laughs> oh
1: no. because but there's two ways you could go with that. So either this Harvey from this world is just aware, like he's the one who hopped dimensions. He's like, no no no, this is this place is too messed up. He built himself some sort of portal machine and like hopped over or he got sucked through by some sort of magical accident. And he's the weird conspiracy theory guy. Just like he sees monsters and witches and everything around every corner because that's what he grew up with. And everybody's just like, no, you need, you need to calm down. You need to lay down and have yourself a nap. (laughs) Something is wrong with you, but like the milkshake will solve it. Yes. (laughs) I like it. I agree with it. This is, this is
0: canon. This is what happened. The second more serious one. Is the way she describes this. So I think we're going to have a continuous conversation about how the difference and whether she should be very upfront about her religion or sort of hold it back. And she has this idea that it's too much Mm -hmm. for people to take and that everything about it is weird. So she holds a lot back. But instead of starting here with saying, okay, by the way, I'm a witch, this is my religion, can I introduce you to it slowly? She's like, I'm doing this thing, it's called a dark baptism, and I know that sounds bad, but here... And first of all, it doesn't sound bad. It has the word baptism in it. And sure, dark is maybe a little bit ominous, but you can explain that, especially if you have first said, I'm a witch, and here are some basics of my beliefs. But it's not like she said... I'm doing the annual virgin sacrifice, and I know that sounds bad, but they're all terrible people. <laughs> you know? She just said a fairly normal-sounding thing. <laughs> and- I just I feel like if she treated it As a normal thing and actually Like let them see it instead of just like going off On this clinical thing like it's really not that bad It may sound bad but it's kind of like a quinceañera Or a bat mitzvah And I'm gonna be a woman now And it's just a lot she dumps a whole Bunch of information on him in a bunch of technical Weird terms instead of inviting them into our her experience and he is Understandably very 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 confused And like sort of distraught (laughs)
1: Right And that is fair. But here's the thing is that she hasn't, um, from what I've seen, this she hasn't been able to share this. Like it would be different if, okay, so I'm assuming that everybody knew, you know, growing up that their friend that they went to the bat mitzvah for was Jewish because that informed her life, you know? But Sabrina, they haven't been going around saying, hey, yeah, we're not even just saying like, okay, we're Wiccans or, you know, making it something that they could understand it's been a secret this whole time. She's been raised with a, we don't tell people, we don't tell mortals. We don't, inter- we don't interact with them in that way. So it's sort of like she was raised in a cult.
0: Yeah. And
1: now trying to explain that, okay, I'm in this cult that you've heard bad things about, but it's really not that bad. And she's trying to panically like explain it, but she can't explain it. Cause she's never had to explain it before. She's never, she's never had to, articulate what this religion is what her family life is like to someone who doesn't know it already
0: Yeah, that's fair. And I like kind of related to other things. She doesn't seem to know much about it. So I was saying, like, she should introduce him to the basics. But we don't get a whole lot of, like, clarification that she even knows the basics. She seems to be very outside of this. She doesn't know their high priest. It doesn't seem like they're going to witchy church or anything. She has very little grasp on what this thing is she's actually being initiated into, which is my biggest problem with the episode. So. Fair. She doesn't know how to explain it because she doesn't even know how to explain it to herself.
1: (laughs) No, because that's and you get that when I mean later on when she's talking to them about hey after she has the end of this episode, you know where she isn't sure why she has to be kept pure for the Dark Lord and why why does he get to say, you know, none of this seems to have been explained to her and I'm wondering if because I don't know we don't get I don't think how often like the Church of Night meets to have like whatever they would call it, like a black mass or something like that. So has she, do they not meet that often? Is it more of like a home church situation where everybody just does what they do in their own household and meet up for large events? Or is it that they've all been meeting every week, you know, Wednesdays and Sundays and whatever. And she hasn't been going because she's not fully a member yet. And the line because she's the mortal witch thing is keeping her like, I don't, I guess they don't have black night, like black night, um, church of night, Sunday school, I'm guessing, or have her aunts just kept her from it for some bizarre reason.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of like how I would, later, I'll talk about how I was confused about whether this witch school was specifically a high school or whatever, because it seemed like that, since she's never been there before, but then there are children, like, much smaller children there. I guess it's possible that because she's half human, she wasn't allowed into that, and so, like, had she been born a, like, normal, full witch, they'd have been going all the time. And she would definitely know who this was. Yeah. They would have at least done like yearly celebrations, but because she wasn't a witch and wasn't initiated into it, she hasn't been allowed and doesn't know. him. Okay,
1: and I, and I mean, and admittedly, I'm looking at it through just my my background. And everything is like so in like the Catholic Church or like the Lutherans where I was born into. You're baptized when you're a baby, and okay. you, you don't get you don't get a vote. You don't get to choose like later, like in some Protestant churches, they say the age of accountability whatever it is seven or something where supposedly at that point you're good enough mentally to choose so like i'm wondering if because so it's sort of like she was the product of a mixed religious marriage let's say so parent one parent's catholic the other parent is protestant and so they decide not to like they baptize the baby but don't finish like they don't catechize them or whatever and then they have to choose later and go back and do all this stuff that everybody's been doing since they were little kids because they were like fully solidly into that specific church so i'm just wondering if it's like a material issue is that she's half human and that's a big enough divide that she can't go or if they're not they're not sure she has to choose because she wasn't born into it like of a you know equally satanic set of parents i don't know that's sort of petered off explanation wise but i'm just not sure if it's a physical issue or if it's just a theological issue so anyway so yes but so did we cover that she wipes his memories because he panicked
0: we did not yet
1: (laughs) so she can't explain it real well because again she's never had to explain it and she probably doesn't understand it all that greatly herself and uh yeah she wipes out harvey's memories and uh, again, I know that you mentioned that that has consequences in the the original show, yeah. the funny show. So now I'm just imagining like how many how many times can we do this before something goes horribly wrong and starts like glitching?
0: I, I mean, things go pretty horribly wrong for Harvey much sooner here than they do in the sitcom, <laughs> and much much worse. <laughs> oh, right.
1: But that's not a consequence of the memory. It's just
0: magic in general. Magic and Harvey are not a good mix. (laughs)
1: No, no. Okay. So,
0: yeah, so she tells him her weird, not complete, not satisfying way. He freaks out and then she just like calls him back and hugs him and whispers a chant into his ear. And he suddenly has no idea where they are and is just like, What happened? And she's like, We got lost, but we're fine now. And he's like, Oh, okay. Which is Harvey in every universe yeah. I've seen. <laughs> like I can't. F- I'm missing a day, but you say that it's fine, so it's fine. And uh, I love Harvey so much. <laughs> as an actual person in I, the world, I worry for him, and that level of trust is not necessarily a good thing. But as a fictional character, he's precious, and I love him.
1: I I just worry about Harvey. I don't think you know he's a. Uh... He's gotta have a little bit more yes. self-preservation instinct somewhere in there. That needs to. I mean, I guess that does start coming out later once he figures out what's going on or finds
0: the Harvey with the self-preservation instincts wisely went to a different universe. Yeah, and that's, that's why true. this Harvey's here. That's <laughs> true.
1: I'm sorry, I forgot about that background that we established.
0: established yeah, <laughs> definitely full canon now. Yep. Robert Roberto sacasa hire me for next season. <laughs>
1: Listen, you have like you know flashes of the other universe and other Harvey, just like like yes, this is much better. <laughs> yes, to peer in through like a magic mirror and be like, oh oh no oh no, that's terrible. I'm glad I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey's wiped. It's cool. It's fine.
0: Super unethical memory wipes. No, no, yep. it's
1: fine. Ethics are a very squishy subject here. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, Ambrose, he's gonna help Sabrina with her little spell to Yay. traumatize. Pre- God, I'm gonna call him President every single time. Principal, <laughs> Principal Hawthorne. And um, so then we have this whole thing where they're testing her to see if she still has the curse. Hilda is yes, yes.
0: I love that Hilda also. Like, okay, so we established later that Hilda was bullied as a child quite terribly. Yeah, but when she's just like, they put a curse on you for no reason. Why would they do that? And she's so precious. She just doesn't understand kids are mean. But
1: well, I love her. But also, this is Sabrina. Like I think Hilda thinks a lot of Sabrina. She just doesn't understand. Sabrina is beautiful and smart. And why would anybody bully her? You know? Yeah. This is her perfect niece. But um like she's like okay we can handle this
0: backing up my theory that this is a children's rhyme they teach you that doesn't actually do anything sabrina's like don't worry i washed the curse off me and hilda's like mm mm-hmm, mhm we're just going to check that <laughs> like not saying that wasn't a real spell you did that i taught you when you were 5 but we're going to check to check clear
1: it all out it'll be fine it will be handled <laughs> but and i do like how so when Zelda finds out about all this and she's calling everybody their snobs and this, that, and everything, but she is also very snobbish. It's like, you know, you're the daughter of a high priest and the, we're, they're no one. They're no one. Which feeds into your whole thing about them not having, like, a, a culture of adoption, and they're like, eh, these these random children that we found somewhere, what are they? But, yes. Zelda's a little, like, hypocritical, but it's fine. She's still... She's still a good mother, and that's what's important to me.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it was a pretty mean yes. first, too, because what did she say? It was going to eat away at her health, soul, uh. and sanity slowly. Like, that's just mean and unnecessary. Yep. And then looks the that um, Zelda and Hilda share about when uh, Sabrina asks about their the parents' deaths. It's Like, yeah, no, that's not suspicious at all. Thank you. Long, important. Yep. Book, but, okay.
0: Yes. So the uh, the shower slash chant that uh, Serena did, did yep. not work. Because she cracks an egg in his blood. But Hilda is very, like, she kind of laughs off. She's like, oh, well, that's not good. That would just eat away at your sanity. But here, eat some herbs and take a warm bath with salt and you're fine. And I love her random little folk witch knowledge that she could do in, like, Basically, any religion that allows any sort of spells and witchcrafty things. She's not specifically a satanic witch. She's like a little folky kitchen witch, and I just love that. There, with that sort of like wisdom and just general like knowledge of what works, she's not afraid of anything. She just laughs off this curse because she's like, "I can beat that with herbs. (laughs) I don't need you've got got nothing." Yeah, Yeah. she's very good. And I don't think we see Zelda do magic. I don't know what her brand is. Where we see Hilda doing just casual, like, everyday house magic constantly. And I appreciate that. that I can't think of a
1: time when we saw Zelda really do magic. We've seen Zelda do some stuff, but not magic that I can think of. I'll have to keep an eye out for it. So, I know, like, she speaks and reads a bunch of different languages, but I don't know if that's magic or just because she's been around for so long.
0: She's living a long time and learning languages.
1: (laughs) wonder now yeah, what kind of magic can you like focus on aside from Hilda's knowledge of literally everything that's useful but okay so <laughs> Sabrina goes up to take her curse canceling bath and uh, falls asleep in the tub which is not not wise don't see that not safe um, and she has this dream where she's in the woods and I'm assuming it's the woods where she was born or meant to be anyway um, and there's babies crying in the woods and it's her parents, and she's following them and saying, oh, are you coming to my baptism? And, you know, like weird dream logic kind of stuff. But they leave a set of babies in an open suitcase.
0: I didn't even realize it was a suitcase. I thought it was you just an extra white crib, but that like, makes carrying it so much better. A suitcase,
1: <laughs> like a big suitcase when they're walking through the woods. And then she's, she sees their backs, so they're staying there, and they walk off. That is definitely the suitcase he was carrying around just opened. And so, I don't know if, it, I don't know. It's a dream. So maybe the babies were in the suitcase. Either way. (laughs) But it's a set of, it looks like I'm assuming it's a set of twins. And I feel like this might be important later. Like maybe this is not a dream. Maybe this is a vision. Yeah. Given everything that we know about the rest of the season. And one of the babies, and I don't know why. Okay. Yes. Maybe it's just me. Like I assume if you have the first baby, you would set it to the left. And you know you have a second baby, you set it to the right. Because, you know, we read left to right. I don't know. This may not mean anything. But I feel like the first baby is the one that's on the left. And that's the one that has the hooves.
0: I'm having a really weird theory that is not true and doesn't work. At, but, so my question was gonna be, do we think like yeah. because there is such an like ongoing thing of twins? is this Sabrina and a twin that we haven't met yet, or is this just, like, expressing Sabrina's, like, dual nature, or is this a completely different set of twins that exist and that we're going to meet later but don't have not yet? But also, with the possibility that it's Sabrina's twin, I really want it to be Nick Scratch now, because it's got little devil feed. We just, like, you had the idea last time that Nick Scratch was the devil, and I kind of want him to be
1: her brother. Okay, I'm with (laughs) you. But, if he is her brother, that means that they cannot date.
0: (laughs) No, but he can date Prudence, or she can date Prudence. I want Sabrina or- and Nick. To date.
1: <laughs> and while I accept incest in Game yeah. of Thrones, I don't want it here. <laughs> like I can't, I okay. can't stop it at Game of Thrones. It's too far Fair. gone. It's they've got it's Like I could see Sabrina having a twin, and if that's where they go, then fine, fine, I'll live with it. But. Because we don't know yet. Because, okay, we we know about the set of twins that we get later on. And that's who I was seeing this time around after having finished the season. The first time I watched it, I was thinking, okay, does she have, like, a secret twin? Or is it, like you said, the dual nature thing? And I'm guessing, unless they break out the secret twin plot line, that it's the dual nature thing. Or it's a vision
0: i think so probably too i i, I very like i was suddenly very interested in the, her yeah. twin thing and specifically nick as a twin thing but i think right. it probably just because means it could. dual nature. or
1: <laughs> it's a vision and not a dream because we don't know what all of sabrina's powers are yeah so does she know something i mean her parents being there but it's weird you know vision slash dream logic so who knows but I did find it interesting, and now I'm paying attention to all the children on the show to see how many of them come in pairs, and specific kinds of pairs. But whatever.
0: So there's that, and it means something. And then they're doing spellcasting, and Ambrose is like, are you sure? You just don't want to kill him.
1: Ambrose <laughs> is so a helpful, good dude. <laughs> We're given values of yes. those words. <laughs> I did like the little the little chant that they did and everything. It was very cute. I was sure it was going to be from like a poem or something, but no, not that I can find anyway. But and uh, send out the spiders and mm, yeah, I I'm not going to say that I feel for Principal Hawthorne because he is a giant bag of dicks. But that is a nightmare. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I do not want. And uh, then we leave him behind where he should.
0: So he gets covered with spiders. Creeping into his house. Meanwhile, some, something else has creeped into Sabrina's room, which we already talked about. But it's Salem! Yay, Salem!
1: Now, again, as I said, I'm slightly more paranoid about what and who Salem might actually be. Because it it seems weird that your little spell will randomly bring this large and unattached goblin to be like, Hey, I'll work with you, young teenage girl. That seems fine. Yeah. So you've given me something mm-hmm. else to be concerned about. Thank you.
0: yeah and i mean so on the one hand like we know it's salem and we know salem and so Uh we have no reason to doubt that this is fine and it seems like a lot of other things on the show that seem like they're very bad ideas but turn out fine but like we discussed with the um solstice episode maybe that wasn't really her mom and maybe this isn't the regular real salem or like there might be a different salem later or this might just be like the way Salem is in this show, but he's not like the one we know, yeah. and it could be people manipulating her. There's so much, like, we haven't seen everything yet. Like, I think, from what I understand, this isn't yeah. even season one. This is season one part one. So they set up a lot of things yeah. in these, like, I think ten episodes that never no, get, they, like, resolved. They do and get this may be forward. one of them. And,
1: from what I understand, like, from the bits that I remember from the original show, and what I understand, I think that Ambrose is sort of the Salem, like the, the characteristics of Salem. Like he's a guy, he did a bad thing. He's trapped here. Now Ambrose is not trapped in a cat body, although he would be an adorable cat. Um, But so I don't think, I don't think there's any guarantee that the Salem in goblin cat form is going to be the Salem that everybody knows and loves. Like, I think this is maybe just there to fool everyone. I don't know. I'm paranoid yes. now about the
0: cat. <laughs> uh, that would also, like, it would be a good way to get rid of him, which I don't want them to do because I love Salem, but the actress is allergic to at least one of the oh, cats no. on the show. And so, like, people were complaining that Salem didn't have a big enough role in this because she's allergic. I don't know that that's true. I think that he's probably still in it, and they just maybe didn't have a place for him, like, didn't yeah. have more for him to do because it's already yeah. pretty loaded. But. That's got to be a pain with filming. So if they do wind up replacing him and getting her another familiar, that would be a way to resolve that. And I think we could still have a Salem, who we appreciate and love, and it doesn't right. have to be a cat. Right. I'm okay with this. I mean, you this. Could have, I mean <laughs>
1: goblins are shape-shifting, and I don't think there was anything that said, okay, once it picks an animal form, it has to stick with that.
0: Yeah, they haven't covered it. Like, they do seem to stick with it to the point that even if Stolas is still alive, yep. he's yep. still in the body of when the dead bird when that Demon she killed.
1: Out- We've discussed this, <laughs> but so I could see like something where Salem has to shape shift. I mean, cause a cat is a pretty practical form for going about with a her- human being. But, um, like I could see him having to shift into something else, especially since I didn't realize the actress was allergic to the cat. That is, that is awkward. Cause you have to, you know, pick those up and deal with them. They are demanding, yep. but well, it'll be interesting to see. But I do think that maybe something else is going on with Salem now. Yes.
0: We also established here that Salem can talk. He I don't know if he can talk in cat form, except I think he can because yeah. of something we see much later in the season. But a big another big complaint people had with this was that Salem doesn't say anything and we're used to Salem right. talking. And it is really weird to me that he doesn't because he clearly can. Like even if he can't talk as a cat for right. whatever reason, right. he can transform. And when he has important things to tell her, if they want to discuss things, it seems like that would be well, a useful thing. Well, and I'm wondering thing.
1: if maybe they're trying to, because I have seen things on the internet, which are like little um, gifts of Salem the cat from the show talking, and it's very cheesy. And I realize that's probably technology of the time or whatever, like wondering if they're trying to sort of distance this Salem from the cheese factor of the original Salem, which I am not putting down. It's just, mm-hmm. it's clearly a cat puppet. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't know. But, yeah, I mean, he's also a goblin. There's really no reason that he needs to have normal cat mouth parts to talk. So. Right. Maybe he's just trying to, like, see spying. See? Scooching around, being quiet, being a cat, yeah. spying on everybody. Yes. Or maybe there are, like, protocols for being a familiar. We don't know yeah. what sort of life he lives when he's not in the eye of the camera.
0: Yeah. I and mean, we don't see any of the other familiars talk either until the end of right. the season. It-
1: so. The only other familiars we see are spoiler one that doesn't live very long, the pseudo dog thing that belongs to Zelda, and spiders. And I really don't want to see talking spiders. Mm-mm. No, don't want it. So anyway,
0: yay yeah. Salem for now. If he turns out to be bad later, we may revise. <laughs> but I appreciate that he's here now.
1: We got Salem, and we get she goes downstairs to talk with the ants about how maybe,
0: maybe not asking very reasonable questions that you should ask before you join up with a religion, or anything that's going to be a big part of your life. But, yeah. And they just do not want her to ask them. Like, I think Hilda's a little more open than Zelda is, obviously, but Zelda is definitely like, no, you shouldn't even be thinking these things. Of course you're going to sign the book. You have to. You have no options. And this is so frustrating to me. Because, like, okay, now... I think that definitely you should make that decision when you're a little more adult and definitely when you have more Mm -hmm. information, but that's a thing I've come to like more recently as an adult, seeing how different like groups handle it and how you use handle it. Cause when I was a Baptist, I got baptized at 14 based on a five minute Mm -hmm. conversation. I wasn't ready for that. I didn't, you know, I reject it now. So like, that was a bad decision for me. And I guess I talked to my partner about if he had been baptized ever and he doesn't remember being baptized. He may have been as a baby, but definitely didn't do confirmation or anything. Didn't make a decision. And I don't really, so I was wondering like what your experience was, if you went through some sort of like additional, I I would assume since you're Catholic now, you'd have to do like that. But what's that like? Like how much digging did you do? Did someone talk through these questions with you? Yeah. But
1: see, mine is also so, I was born and raised until I was about 14 in um, the Missouri Synod Lutherans. So it's the the high church version of Lutheranism. Um, So it has some similarities to Catholicism, but one of them is that you're definitely baptized as an infant. um, And then you're just raised with the assumption that you're going to stick with it. Um, But I did leave the church and eventually converted as an adult to Catholicism. But Coming in as an adult, you get you have to go through um, a class RCIA. Um, you have to you have to know what you're doing and feel comfortable making the you know the confirmation that you are going you're choosing to follow this faith and believe in what the Catholic Church teaches. And one of the things they say is you don't if there's stuff that you can't reconcile yourself with now, but you believe that the Catholic Church is the correct church, you have to at least agree to obey and not do something that is outwardly and obviously against Catholicism while saying that you are a Catholic and then, you know, pray for understanding to come later. But you have to be able to agree to the tenets of the faith. You know, you believe in God, you believe that Jesus Christ was a son of God. The Pope is his representative on earth, you know, stuff like that. The basics of being a Catholic. But yeah, there was a forget how long it was but i think two or three month long class that i had to take and i being the weird obsessive nerd that i am asked ten thousand questions and read every book i could get my hands on before i decided because i was honestly going i was either going to be catholic or i was going to be muslim so you know two very different things but we went with catholic okay but um even an
0: yeah, see, that seems like a much better, like wiser way to do it, and more likely to like stick <laughs> and be a general good thing in your life. Good well,
1: thing, is, so, but also for kids that are growing up in it, like they have um, CCD, like the kids every Sunday go to religious education classes as they're growing up, and they get so you're baptized and then you're confirmed when I believe you're seven or so. I'm not a you know I don't have any kids, so I'm not sure exactly on the age, but that's like there's. The baptism is baptism is more an automatic, like the agreement of the family to raise you in the faith, almost, and the confirmation is you agreeing to follow it. So you do make another decision further on.
0: That's <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's good. That like, that answers questions. Like, because my, I, I like, I was saying I was angry at how little prep they gave her, but also I recognize that it has a lot in common with how I was raised, and I wasn't really given a choice, like in baptist churches that personal decision is everything and you have to like they we i've saw a 7 year old baptized once and the pastor made a big deal about saying that he normally wouldn't do this but he had a good conversation with her and felt she was mature enough to make that decision she's not i'm, I'm just going to say like from the other side of it yeah. 7 is too young to make this kind of decision but no matter how mature you think the kid is right. but 14 is too young to make this decision <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion yeah. but anyhow like it, that decision matters they really emphasize personal responsibility and like personal choice in it but also I never really felt like I had one. Like if I didn't do it, I was losing everything. My family would be like utterly disappointed in me, reject me. Right. And I feel like anytime I had any sort of question or wanted to examine other face, you know, if I was like not a hundred percent sure something was true, right. there was this immediate shutdown like Zelda does to Sabrina. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, even though it's frustrating and from like how I've lived now and how far I've gotten from that, it seems really weird and wrong. I Grew up like that and didn't think anything of it. I thought that was normal, and that probably happens to a lot of people. I'm sure, it does.
1: And I um, I went to school at a Baptist church for middle school age, and it was it was a Southern Baptist church, and it was very much like they would have altar calls and everything because we had to go to certain services and stuff like that. And it, there's a there's a big element from what I've seen of emotional like not blackmail but manipulation because so much of your You know your friend group and everything is involved in that it seems, and I skipped that at that point. I was just a very angry uh, child, atheist sort of thing. So you know, I just was full of rage and ignored everything. But I could see where people there was a lot of pressure, even if you didn't know. Like I know people now who were raised in different Protestant groups, and you ask them, okay, so like how many how, how many gods are there in Christianity? And I have gotten the answer that there are three separate gods. And that is incorrect, but they were supposedly raised Christian, but they weren't like taught anything. And I'm sure that's not across the board true, but it is, I mean, I can see why people like leave the faith because they don't, one, they don't believe and that's fine. But two, they may not understand it to even know what they're talking about. And that's frustrating for me. Yeah. But yeah, I can see how that'd be a big problem to have little kids dragged up there and be like, you believe fine. Okay. Everybody else is doing it. So we're just going to dunk you.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh man, I think uh, there was a point we no one did it. We were like serious. We thought it was very sketchy. But there was like a youth pastor at one of my churches once during those altar calls. Like not enough people had been going up for them, mm-hmm. and so he said like, "You guys need to be leaders in the church, and what you should do, even if you don't have anything to confess, you should just go up and like pretend to pray with us, so that people will think it's the cool thing to do and will feel reassured that someone did this." And we were all just like so horrified. We all like talked to each other after, like, "We're not doing this, right? Right?" Okay, but yeah, there is kind of that vibe where they want to, like, make it a thing that people do. So I think it's, I don't think it's meant to be malicious. I think there's a real, like, belief that this is something people need to do and that they need to get people saved. But they think that there's, like, cultural, social barriers. So they're trying to think of what they can do to make it acceptable because the ends justify the means. But that always just felt really sketchy to me.
1: Right, but that's not, I mean least for my like how can you see that that is like an authentic confession of faith or, or anything like that because you're manipulating and playing on people's wanting to go along with the crowd or fear of being left out or something like like that's not it like you said it doesn't strike me as being like a super honest way and then maybe it's not you know meant that way but it seems sort of dishonest and they're just trying to get butts in the pews or believers and maybe i'm just cynical about it. <laughs> Probably going to, I'm a little, little cynical about a lot of Protestantism because a lot of it seems to be like almost the televangelist kind of things where it's less about actually helping people. However, that looks, if it's just being a supportive group or, you know, going out and doing things for the community and more about like, Hey, I need more money so I can pay for my third mansion, you know, and the only person who's benefiting is that pastor. Right. So. Not that there aren't terrible people in the Catholic Church or anything like that, but that's uh, anyway, like I said, I'm a little perhaps on edge about that, but anyway,
0: that's fine. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> <Back> gets school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, 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 before that. Yes. Ambrose with the apple. Okay, I skipped over my notes. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. So. Uh,
0: <laughs> Sultan. When she asked the question, sorry, I just saw that note, is <laughs> afraid that Sabrina's having these concerns because some boy has defiled her and because being anything less than virginal is not allowed at your, de- like, um baptism. And Ambrose is just like, wow, <laughs> laughing at it. I just, I, I like these two very different reactions to it.
1: But it brings That's up all. several questions that
0: I have. <laughs> so many questions. What questions do you have?
1: Okay, I mean, this is not, again, this is not, like, super heavy-duty, like, thinky kind of question here. But is that if you have to be a virgin before you sign the book, you have to be virginal. Because we never, I mean, it comes out later, we never actually see the whole dark baptism thing go through to the end. Okay? So now, and this is probably just me, like, is the the rule same for the warlocks? And what is the point of it? (laughs) Because it is... There is a certain thought path (laughs) how this dark baptism ends, and I just have I have questions about that, and I want to talk to Ambrose and find out how this all went for him a hundred years ago, like because he seems amused by it, so it seems like it was a good time, no matter what, (laughs) which is important. (laughs) But yeah, and and the whole virginal thing, like. I guess we could do the whole, you know, purity, blah, blah, blah. But it's just boring.
0: Yeah. It, it,
1: you know, it's... it's so I
0: boring. do know I want, like, a side comic tie-in about Ambrose's dark baptism. <laughs> I will buy that instantly if they put that out.
1: I would like <laughs> to know so many things about Ambrose and his life and what he was up to yes. every... all the time. Because a lot of the... it's just... he's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the little bits and pieces we get of his life make it sound like he has lived a life, and I want to know more about it.
0: Yes. And he's also, he's, like, the only one who's actually teaching her, from yeah. what we can, like, from what I've seen so far, what it means to be a witch. Right. And, like, helping her learn spells, doing spells with her. And in this case, he's like, hey, if you're not sure, like, you love being a witch, right? What we did last night was super fun. Right. But, and you won't be able to do that anymore if you don't do the baptism. And she's still not sure. And he's like, okay, well, then you need a malamalis, which is yeah. just an apple from an old tree. Right. And if you eat it, it will tell you the future, but, sort of.
1: But he does say, so like, if it's a male, then it's like the root of all evil or something like that. And then, if, but if it's a, wo- a female, then it's like knowledge about the future. But how do you know? what the app like how do you how do you tell apart a male apple from a female apple because it seems like I would not want to get that wrong or is it just whoever's eating it is the I don't know I wasn't clear I feel
0: that. like I missed this comment. Can you say that again about the yeah
1: he said something about how because he's talking about the malum and malice and how I think he says like if it's a if it's male, then it's something about it being evil and okay, I'm googling the Riverdale wiki because it will tell me ah them to Okay, so according to Ambrose, the malamalice is the apple of evil for men and the fruit of knowledge for women. So maybe it's just that I misunderstood it and I thought that, it like, the apple was gendered and, like, there was a male apple and a female apple. <laughs> now that I say this out loud, it sounds even dumber Because <laughs> I was just so confused as to how you figured out which apple, like, okay, you find the malamalice and, and now you have to figure out is it the boy apple or the girl apple? Because if it's the boy apple, it's evil. If it's the girl apple, it knows things. It makes more sense that it's the e- person eating the apple,
0: <laughs> but yeah, like with it being the gender of the person eating, it, that is really fascinating. That I and I completely missed it, but like well, that's a really cool take on Adam and Eve and the apple. Yeah. and wow, good yeah. reference. <laughs> okay,
1: go go show.
0: Yes. So
1: all right, so uh, Bulky Hawthorne is out because spiders. Mm, he's had a trauma. Um. <laughs> And then Roz and Sabrina get the club to go through. The vice principal just passes it through. That's cool.
0: Yay. And they call it Wicca, which I don't remember what it stands for. It has to do with intersectionality and women and action, maybe.
1: Yeah, it was like women's intersectional... I didn't write that one down. I'm sorry. I have failed.
0: It's an amazing name that makes sense in the show as a reference to witches. It's Well, no, no, no. Okay, I was going to say it's a really odd thing for Roz in particular to name it, but I'd forgotten that Greendale is a witchy town and that they've got the whole Salem-like witchy tourist trade. So it may also be a reference to their town and be that sort of, like, kitschy like, funny reference. So I guess it makes sense that she would call it Wicca.
1: <laughs> I guess. And I mean, also, Wicca is, I mean, it's it's fairly well known as being a very, like, female-oriented uh, choice of faiths and everything like that. So it may have just come from that, too. And also, hey, it's cute. We're in a show about witches. Ha
0: ha! <laughs>
1: right. But, yeah.
0: And madam satan is somehow involved i can't remember what she does i just remember i made a point that i like how she made zero effort to be anything like mrs War- miss wardwell and it's just you're being herself and zero people notice
1: <laughs> and you could argue that mrs wardwell was just so quiet that everybody's like oh oh she she has a personality well that's new <laughs> like or some i can imagine like the principal just walking around being like did we get a new teacher she just doesn't recognize that she has been there technically the whole time, and she's just new, yeah. which is later on. But, um, yeah, she's just like, no, okay. Was she, like, the, the teacher, the advisor, for the, the advisor for the club or something like that? Yeah. Like, hi, hey, hi, hi, here you go. Let me insert my life, insert myself into your lives now. <laughs> right. Which, which begins to cross that line that Ms. Wardwell, the first— kept which was that I am a teacher and you are students and uh it's weird if we get to know each other too well. Mm-hmm. So. But also I didn't notice the first time but Salem was in the school. <gasps> what? Yeah, like when she's in there talking yes. to Miss Well, he's at the door pawing at the door that they're having their little like of her office. Oh.
0: I miss I'm going to go back and rewatch it. That's amazing. Wow.
1: <laughs> so does he does he know that she's not a person?
0: I think he does. He's like Ambrose. Salem tries so hard to get her attention and tell her things all the time, and she doesn't listen, and this does not seem like the equal partnership she promised. Oh. But, yeah, I would guess, based on other things that happen in this episode, he probably knows something's not right here, and is trying oh. to warn her, and she just completely oh. ignores him, like I did.
1: <laughs> hey, You know what would help with warning her? If he said Speaking. something. <laughs> He said, "Hey, Sabrina. So, by the way, I noticed while I was skulking around your school today that one of your teachers is a demon. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> just checking because I'm new here. I gotta, I gotta figure out how this all plays out. But no, he's just gonna paw at the door and be adorable.
0: Yes, <laughs> and
1: that's fine. But you know, could have been more helpful.
0: Yep. Hopefully, next season Salem will talk."
1: Hopefully. Yeah. Let's <laughs> turn him into a poet so you can talk all the time. <laughs> anyway. So. so they I know that uh they're talking about Sabrina's school, you know, the posh boarding mm-hmm. school that she's theoretically going to, and Ms. Wardwell really would like, you know, hey, it'd be good for you. You should you should go. Mm-hmm. Not being subtle at all. So Madame Satan is not here to play the long game. She would just like to push Sabrina right off that cliff. Yeah, <laughs> but and I don't know if it means anything because they talk about you know the whole Gordian knot and if we can untangle it. But the Gordian knot was not untangled; hmm? they just cut it, just sliced that thing, and it was There's, done.
0: Okay, so I had a, I was trying to figure out if she knows what Miss Wardwell knows, like Bad of Satan does, because like I was thinking Miss Wardwell must have known Bulky. Because she knows that he's afraid of spiders. They must have had some sort of like friendly-ish relationship. But and then I was thinking, well, she's a demon. She probably just read his mind. But then she also refers to Sabrina. Like she's really close to Sabrina in a way that she wouldn't have any reason to be, and would definitely seem very odd in a teacher who didn't already have a pretty good, like, close, like, but appropriate student pupil relationship with Sabrina enough. And like in here she says, like. You know, this school sounds great. I mean, it's not like I want to lose my star pupil or anything. I just want you to have good things in your life, and I feel like that means she must have must have gotten Miss Wardwell's knowledge and memories, and knows like how what place she had in these kids' life that she could be a trustworthy see, person for Sabrina. See, and I chalked up that
1: to more spying. Mm. On the people because she's got, you know, she's got the familiar and everything who can who can fly around and find out things. And I guess demons in the real world, quote unquote, you know, they can't read minds per se. So it didn't really cross my mind that maybe she was like, she'd absorbed Mrs. Wardwell's knowledge of things. But that is interesting because that would explain the spiders and all that other stuff that she just somehow knows. So, huh,
0: I really like it. But- it would also mean that she, like, knows, Mrs. it's like, if she just taken over this body and knew very little about her except for what she experienced in the, like, hour or so maybe that they were talking and driving, it's yeah. perfectly understandable that she doesn't mimic her personality. But if she knows <laughs> her entire brain and, like, has actual memories and just, like, completely like chooses to disregard it and be herself, <laughs> that's amazing to me. <laughs> I I really appreciate this decision
1: listen as a demon there is only so far that you can go there is a line and acting like a mousy little nerd is apparently past that line Yeah. But, or she'd be like you know Ms. Wardwell she was nice to me she always really wanted to have the confidence to do this <laughs> so I'm just going to let her body live out the things that her her soul cannot because I killed her I killed her dead yeah. um, and then I ate her I think a little bit <laughs>
0: I mean, they're witches, so probably,
1: <laughs> probably. He's technically a demon, is demon, sort of. So who knows? Who knows what they get up to? I don't. <laughs> I don't. But um, I would be. In- yeah, it's interesting that she has like some of But or, or in that time period where they were getting to know each other, Madame Satan was like, "Hey, so could you tell me about like your boss and all of his deepest darkest fears?" <laughs>
0: feel like this is just useful information that i should have for no reason
1: (laughs) i'm just curious i feel like i need to be able to trust you and i need to know that you will tell me weird facts about people that i don't know right (laughs) probably she ate her brain and learned her memories that makes a lot more sense (laughs)
0: okay i'm going with it (laughs) okay
1: so but then we're going to poor ambrose who has to do all the work while the ants are up there putting together a puzzle?
0: The reason though, like I'm convinced, well, yeah, like from a not in universe, but from a show making standpoint, having Ambrose yes. do the embalming is a great decision because he somehow makes it look like sexy. And embalming is not sexy, it is terrible. But, like, yes, I will watch Ambrose do the like examinations and embalming all day. That can be the whole show. <laughs>
1: You're not wrong. And I feel like Ambrose might be the only one who actually cares about this business. You know, he's he's dedicated. He's, he's right. He makes it look good. But he's also like, they're up there really badly puzzle. doing puzzle. Badly. And he's down there finding murders and solving crimes. Again, I would pay for like... Ambrose mysteries and stuff. Just, I would pay for so much Ambrose. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs>
1: but okay, okay.
0: He finds so. a witch spot on the corpse, <laughs> oh, the stabbed Which, guy that made Hilda cry. I'm kind of
1: when when they're there, and she's like, "Well, maybe the blood just pooled in a different part." Because that's, I am not a scientist, nor am I a mortician, but like. If the blood is all in one part of your body, your the rest of your limbs are not going to bleed as much cuz isn't that part of how they tell if like a wound happened before or after you died is how much the wound bleeds like if the blood started to coagulate and stuff?
0: I have no idea, but that sounds plausible.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, he's obviously a witch cuz Sabrina the ch- yeah, but whatever.
0: Well, the, I'm just saying. They agree I think uh, that like she her point is valid and that that may be the case, but if it's not they should, this is yes. a sign they should pay attention to. <laughs> and the right, fact that sure. he's adopted is, uh, right. Or this, yeah, this comes to play here that he may be like he's not a witch that they know, but right, they don't necessarily a- know if he was yeah. re- adopted by other people and not raised with it, <laughs> he could be right.
1: Yeah. And I assume that they don't know every witch everywhere either, so they're also like, well, yeah, yeah, maybe, but and this is. Again, where I'm convinced that Sabrina has eaten a chi- a person, as a child, and not known it, because the casual cannibalism is everywhere. <laughs> right. So we got a mystery. We have got a murder mystery. Shelve that for we later. Might have
0: witch hunters. Might have witch hunters,
1: which would be real awkward in a town, you know, with a witch school. Let's say.
0: <laughs> right.
1: We're um, just gonna drop that for a little bit. It's fine. Don't don't worry your head about it. But um, then we get the festival apple picking party whatever this yep. is we have the uh the hay maze with the really giant creepy old tree in the background which will never come up again just this one time that the giant tree is important yes um and there are two small children running through these apple trees a little boy and a little girl I'm telling you i'm keeping track of these children yes. now not saying that it's a on-purpose thing.
0: She goes to the old tree, which is marked as being at the end of this corn maze, and she's like, oh, everything's gotta be difficult. But I think it is sort of walled off, like, later when we actually see it, so that made sense. But I feel like there's a shorter way to get to that tree, but going through the maze and doing this like ritual thing, having to go on kind of a quest for it, helps to sort of yeah. set up the otherworldliness and magic of it. And if you just went the other way around to the tree, Maybe it wouldn't be a magic tree. (laughs) True.
1: I mean, I feel like we find out stuff about the tree later. Yeah. That gives me the impression that the tree is sort of magical because of things that happened on and around the tree. But, yeah, I mean, it's the whole, you know, going through the labyrinth kind of thing. That makes perfect sense. Because, yeah, I also looked at that and thought, well, if you just walk around (laughs) the maze, the tree is there in that giant open field. It's not inside the maze. It's beyond the maze. Right. But it's, yeah, it's a visual. It's a quest thing. It's, you know, it's fine. And also, it gives us the opportunity to stare at that really effectively creepy scarecrow before it tries to uh, not murder her, but, you know, hurt her a little bit, terrify her. (laughs) And then we get Salem knocking it and then eating it. I don't. It's amazing. um, (laughs) So thrilled to see Salem in spite of his possible evilness. I enjoyed that a lot.
0: (laughs) I will say, if Salem is not you know who he seems to be and if there's some sort of manipulation going on here he at least has an Uh interest in protecting Sabrina and is working at somewhat cross purposes to Madam Satan which is good to know like it's not a clear straightforward anti-Sabrina agenda it's just maybe people who have like specific goals for her so he could be like a manipulative not perfectly good presence and also still be someone that she decides to keep around and that is generally helpful to her
1: right hear me out random thought what if it's not a goblin what if it is the spirit of her father
0: (gasps) oh i'm so i want that to be that now that's amazing
1: (laughs) because i mean i have zero proof for this just a thought that occurred to me he would have an interest in protecting sabrina but also not necessarily working with madam satan's you know whole plan to to hand her over to satan because yes warlock high priest etc But also, probably got himself murdered for some reason. So, just consider it (gasps) probably not true. Oh,
0: Yes, yes, I'm convinced. (laughs) Like, I don't know that that's true. I'm not like fully, this is canon levels, but I'm close. I I like it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean... Zero evidence. I'm just throwing it out there. We'll see see what some
0: evidence, but based on like what I think is going on, not what is actually going on when they get back to the house later. So we'll save that for then. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. So we have Salem defeating the evil creepy thing, Madam Satan crying because somebody broke her her doll. Um and I do like I'm not sure what the correlation is because this is part of why I think Salem is fairly powerful as a familiar because Madame Satan is a demon. she's I'm assuming she's pretty high powered given her position and the things that we know about her later on. And he just tore through her magical construct like it was <laughs> nothing. So I'm assuming like she's pouring a certain amount of power into that thing. No, she's not trying to kill Sabrina, but she's she is who she is. And Salem was just like, nah, chew toy. It's fine. So
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Like I feel like she's been doing she does very light magic. Like she is a powerful person. But most of the magic she does is not. Like she has um like she does a lot of like sympathetic magic where she'll have a smaller version of a thing, doing bigger things in the world. And I feel like if she actually got involved and got in the way, she would be much more formidable. Is so that how you say that word? She'd be a much bigger like threat, but she never yeah. does. Yeah, no. And I think maybe because like that would be too much out in the open and give like scare Sabrina away. Yeah. And so she does these very small little like from a distance, not much direct involvement from her kind of magic that don't seem to go very well for her in general.
1: True, and, and maybe that's because it's not her forte. It's not you know she's used to just being able to throw around her her magical weight, mm-hmm. so to speak. And she's trying to be subtle and do all these things to lead Sabrina the way she needs her to go without it being a very obvious shove down this path. But I also feel like you can have someone who is strong and like they're, they're say, you know, holding down a book, or whatever, and they don't have to appear to be putting out any effort for it, but just by virtue of their physical strength, their weight or whatever, like you have to put in a lot more effort to take that thing out from under their hand, like just because they are who they are. And it may not be. It may. It may just be. Hey, we thought it was cool to have the cat rip up this scary scarecrow. So hey, there you go. But you also have to have an explanation in the story, or else yes, dumb. It doesn't make sense. So this is what fanfic is great (laughs) for. So we have we beat this. Salem leads her to the tree, and then when she goes to grab the apple, Salem is not happy with it it looked like honestly he was hissing and sort of ducking down and just generally that is not a cat you would try to pick up like he's not thrilled with this whole situation yeah. so and i don't know why he led her there and is just like oh is this what we're doing no 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 no, no. <laughs> again helpful if you talk to salem but it's fine
0: so <laughs> when they get to the tree she's like, Salem, how do I know which one? And then she stops because you can see there's one red apple and a tree of green apples. So it's very obvious which one, but at the same time, like, is it an Indiana Jones movie where there's like the obvious choices that are all like gold and decorated and then the right one is like this ugly little wood cup? The Last Crusade. Okay. I haven't actually seen that movie. I've just heard a lot of references to that, and it feels like that sort of situation where there's the obvious but wrong choice and she should put a little more thought into this than I want the shiny red one. So I'm not sure she picked the right one, but this is another thing where like maybe it doesn't matter which one, maybe the tree is more the thing mm-hmm. and
1: I don't know. Possible, but Ambrose made it sound like there's definitely like it's an apple tree, but there is specifically one apple that is this apple. But is it Like, like you said, with her going through the maze and the journey and everything, does her taking that journey make the apple the correct apple? Because she does, she does take a bite of the apple and have a vision. But also, if we're going back to the whole Indiana Jones thing, like, the guy who picked the obvious choice, the shiny object, as it were, like, it backfired on him spectacularly so even if she picked the wrong one does that mean that there's still a consequence to it like she picked the wrong one and now she sees these horrible visions that may or may not be true or is it just that the apple is the apple because she went through the journey and she intended to pick that apple as the malice malum
0: and maybe magically like maybe there were no red apples on the tree and she because is that how apples work? Like when you buy apples in a store, there's not like an extra ripe Granny Smith isn't a red apple. <laughs> you know, there's red apples and there's green apples. Right. And a tree that's full of green apples doesn't have one right. red apple. So I wonder if also like part of the magic of going I'm- through it means that the apple she's supposed to have chosen made itself like is it the apple that doesn't belong. That would make some sense.
1: I'm also not convinced that those apples were real apples. Because Given the things that we know about that tree, I'd actually be curious to go back and count how many apples they have on the tree. But anyway, but like, it's a magic, it's a magical tree, but it is imbued with Mm -hmm. a magic that is not good. Like nothing good happened on that tree or around that tree. It is a bad place. And so, I mean, we see that like Sabrina bites into the apple and it's a good, clean, crisp apple. And then she looks down and it is full of worms. And one of those two things is not real. Like it, it is either not a good apple or it was not full of worms. And so there's no, like that doesn't look like a tree that should be bearing fruit period. Mm-hmm. When you look at that tree, it is old and gnarled and dead looking. So not convinced there okay. were any apples in the first place. Yeah, really?
0: I, I believe that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But again, neither here nor there. Cause she bites into theory apple. And so has this vision of like the, there's witches or I mean, we know they're witches, but women hanging and blood and screams and fire and the tree is starting to split open and the most stereotypical Satan ever comes out of the trunk of the tree and is like, looks like he's coming for Sabrina and she's got blood in her hands in the beginning of the vision from, looks like her mouth, which I'm not sure where that blood came from, but anyway, she spits out the apple. So maybe the blood was supposedly from the bite of the apple.
0: Oh, i read it. <laughs>
1: that makes sense. Because I was thinking about it, She spit out the yeah. bit of apple and then the vision stopped. What would have happened if she'd swallowed that? Because it was like getting the the piece of the apple out made the vision stop. So, like, what would you do if you just could not Yeah. get out of that? Scarce. Anyway, that's not what happened. So it doesn't matter. So, okay. So she has a vision. And, I mean, some of this stuff becomes mm-hmm. more obvious later on. I remember when I was thinking, when I was watching this the episode the first time, I'm like, oh, you should definitely not sign on with the devil. That seems like a terrible idea. It does not look good for you. He looks angry. I had some
0: thoughts about that. yeah Because, like, okay, so this clearly does seem to be, like, you're supposed to kind of read it as, oh, these are a lot of bad things. This is not the right way to go. But also, as a viewer, knowing how this show goes, I think it is the right way to go. And I also think, like, divination in general is rarely such a straightforward thing. It's much more about how you feel about it, and, like, symbols, it's much more symbol-based. There's never, like, a universal good or bad. It's right. about how it fits into your context. And so, I feel like two different people getting this same right. vision, like, someone who was actually, like, in a good place about it, understood the religion and what they were getting into and was, like, happy to do this and, like, fully convinced us the right path, it's, uh, you know, you're seeing people, like, what was done to witches before, seeing the people hanging, you see the devil coming out to, like, avenge them, you see it as a protector. There's, like, a lot of things in this that could easily be read much more positively if she felt positively about it, but she doesn't. She's scared and unsure, and they've, like, cast aside all of her decisions. Right. And so I think much more important than what the vision actually means or what any of this could mean is that she's freaked out, doesn't like it. (laughs) And she has to have some questions answered at the very least before she's going to go on with this.
1: True. True. But the other thing was thinking, so knowing what we know from later in the season, everything and who those women are that are hanging everything. So spoiler for the whole thing is that, you know, those are witches that were sacrificed by the witch community their own lives and so it's a question of is it the betrayal that satan is and this so sounds so weird but like the betrayal of their own kind that has angered satan and he's coming out but i'm i don't know it's just i guess it's probably more like you were saying with the whole like this is how you interpret the symbols that you see based on where you are at and it's obvious that sabrina is very torn about it but it's just the whole like family being so important to Zelda and being, I think it is really a big theme with the witch community and them having just turned on these, was it 16 women and, you know, sacrificed them for their own lives. That seems like maybe there's some resentment Mm -hmm. that gets, you know, worked out later on. I don't know. It's probably both. But anyway, so. Oh,
0: (laughs) Sorry, it's not even a big deal. It's not important to anything. But Salem and Harvey meet, and they like Salem loves Harvey, and just like cuddle instantly, and Harvey's happy. But he's like, I never thought of you as a cat person, which makes no sense because like, who's not a cat person? But also, the actress is not a cat person, as discussed earlier. And I feel like maybe that was thrown in later. Probably not, but I I like it. (laughs) And there are people
1: who are not cat people. They're wrong, but they exist um but yeah no that was a cute little bit and yeah knowing what you know about the actress that makes that makes it funnier so we get them we meet she's taking salem home but when they get to the house and she's like charging in to go and you know gotta have a talk things have things have gone poorly here um salem doesn't want to go in the house
0: and she doesn't listen at all she's just like salem what's wrong i don't care i guess i'm just gonna go in the house now you stay out here <laughs> what is the familiar for? If you never listen, well,
1: you know what it would probably help if the familiar said a word. Because he, can't. anyway, I said I was okay with the Salem not talking thing, but clearly, lots of problems would be solved if he would say, "Hey, there's a thing we shouldn't do that." But my question is, Salem is a familiar. He's a he's a goblin. He's what if there's two Salems? Because like later, okay later Salem goes with her to the, the unseen Academy and he seems pretty chill about it. Cause he like pops in and everything. But then sometimes he's like freaking out. Like he doesn't want to go in the house because of father Blackwood. What if there's the goblin Salem and there's like a stand in goblin Salem. That's her dad or some other sort of spirit. That's like trying to, to fix things. Ugh. None of this is probably what's happening. I am so bad. <laughs>
0: I could see her dad like taking the place of Salem sometimes. Like, Salem's not around her all the time. So, pretending to be Salem would not be impossible. Yeah. And in particular, when, you know, Salem, the goblin, can talk and Sabrina has heard his voice. But if, therefore, if yeah. someone else like is not actual Salem and either can't talk or if he did, she would instantly know, hey, that's not what Salem sounds like, then it makes sense why his warnings become much really? more nonverbal. Yeah. Oh, good. In the problem is no
2: answer <laughs> to this. But I like okay. your
0: point about it being the dad and being like specifically avoiding Father Blackwood because something happened. If we think he was killed, right. Somebody benefited from that, and the person who seems to have benefited most is Father Blackwood, <laughs> and so he has very good reason for not wanting to go in there, not wanting Sabrina around him. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. It's not quite evidence, right. But I, It's it makes sense.
1: It's an interesting point. Because you could say, okay, he feels confident in his ability to fool his sisters because they're not high priests. They're maybe not as powerful. Or maybe he's like, well, if they figure it out, it'll be fine because they're my sisters. But Blackwood, I'm pretty sure Blackwood had him murdered. Um, because also, so Faustus, I think we all know, you know, Faust and the deal with the devil and everything like that. But, you know, there's like the the whole thing of Faustian where you're surrendering your integrity to achieve power. And so, like, he 100% had Edwin yeah. murdered so that he could be the high priest. Definitely. But good that's theory. just me. I like it. And I think that Salem is... Some- <laughs> I am so good with these wild theories. <laughs> so, we get Sabrina yep. walking in. She does not know that the dude... Sitting there with really creepy nails, is the she high priest of it's, the Church of Night. She's
0: being baptized Father. into the religion in two days, and she has no never idea been. who just, her priest is. That's fine. That's perfectly normal. <laughs> when you
1: say, like, when you say high priest, is he like in charge of the whole Magilla, or is he just the head of I this think... specific Church of Night? Because he seems to have a lot of time to spend at the school and all up in Sabrina's business if he's in charge of more than just this church.
0: Yeah. I think he's specifically the Greendale like church of night, because there are other covens that he's not very involved with. He's very Greendale based. Right. And I guess and once you said that like right. because you brought up Sabrina being part human and therefore not going to the church events and not having many of them that makes sense a little bit more sense like if cuz after this once she starts going to the school even part time he's in there constantly <laughs> he's in every episode he's they every- talk to him every day <laughs> and it just seems really weird that at this point she's never seen him before <laughs> in her life But if she's specifically been kept from it and wasn't supposed to be a part of it until she made that decision, I guess that makes sense. It's still pretty weird that she's making this huge decision about a religion she so much doesn't know that she doesn't know her (laughs) local priest.
1: (laughs) Right. But, and you also think, in her specific instance, like, did they keep stuff from her? Like, okay, first of all, earlier in the episode, Zelda makes a comment about, you know we should have homeschooled you. That's the way we do things. Why didn't they homeschool her? There's several choices that like you could have made your lives easier by not doing what you specifically did for seemingly no reason at all. So I don't know. Like there's no explanation. and I don't think yeah, that I we don't get so. any explanation, at least this season. And it, it would have been a real boring show if she'd been homeschooled and then let, did the dark baptism and nothing, <laughs> nothing strange I mean, happened at all. I get that so father, father blackwood who is uh whatever he's terrible um but introduced and she doesn't know who he is and i think it's zelda who says to him like forgive her father she knows not what she says which is just a really weird formal thing and i know why they did that to have the whole echo and everything but nobody talks like that zelda anyway he's sort of creepy about the whole oh you're so special I don't care for him. And like he says, like, he's like, "Do you, you know, know how you
0: how special you are?" But he doesn't like. No, tell her. Can you tell all of us? I feel like this is important information for understanding a lot of this show. Please elaborate.
1: <laughs> but then, like, I think, and I mean, this the episode ends here, so we don't pick it up. But I'm pretty sure, as I recall, in the in the beginning of the next one, it's more of the we're all special in the children of Satan, you know, blah. Like not actually, like, oh, you're special because. XYZ, you're special
0: because we're all special. And therefore, no one is. <laughs> I get all my morals from The Incredibles.
1: <laughs> Worst choices could be made. <laughs> the Incredibles is very good. So, and then we end on him just creepily wrapping his hand around his uh, walking stick. <laughs> And I hate
0: it. I nails. okay, so I think the first time I watched this, I read this as very creepy. Like I seemed like everyone was very still and quiet when she comes in, and the ants are nervous. And I thought that Ambrose standing by the fireplace yeah. was like had his hand in front of his mouth like he was kind of like, Ups, uh, being very cautious and then the second time I watch it just seems like he's casually leaning against the fireplace because he does that and it seems like they might have even been having a conversation until she walked in screaming about I've made a decision so I don't Does did you feel like it was a very anxious-y vibe yeah. or are they just chilling?
1: I think so like you, the first time I watched it I'm like oh they're all anxious because mm, you know the big A guy is there and everything like that mm-hmm. but they specifically called him there to talk to her so it's not like he just showed up out of the blue. It was like, hey, I've heard rumors. I'm just checking to see how you're doing with this whole Sabrina Satan thing. Um, so honestly, I think they were probably just having a conversation. I'm pretty sure that Ambrose was just by the fireplace yawning because he is bored with all of these people. And if he wasn't stuck there for forever, he would be out living a much better life solving murder yes. mysteries. <laughs> anyway. That's yeah. On the second viewing, I got much less of a creepy vibe out of it, but I think that's because knowing how it goes forward, I think there was just like a okay parent teacher yeah, student conference
0: going <laughs> on. So <laughs> next time we'll figure out what he has to say about the religion, but for now we just get dun dun dun. Yep. Yeah, I
1: guess. I, I know that this is spoiler for the next episode. I don't feel like he said a whole lot that was helpful,
0: <laughs> and he said a keep things that are downright unhelpful and dishonest, but hey, that's that's fine. That's how this goes. (laughs)
1: Everything is unhelpful, but that's, you know, none of my business.
0: That's the episode. Everyone Uh, send us like your Ambrose or Harvey Fanfic. (laughs) Or general thoughts on the episode.
1: Ambrose slash Harvey Fanfic.
0: Yeah, that that's a thing. We can have that. (laughs) All right. All right. Have a good night. (laughs) Bye.
1: Morning. All right.